It's time for Mac Break Weekly. Renee, Andy, Lori, they're all here. We'll talk about the 10 cent furor and how to stop sending your information overseas. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the new Pixel 4 phone. Google announced it this morning. Andy's got his hands on it. We'll talk about that. Uh, Catalina has problems. You've heard iOS 13 too. There are updates. We'll tell you what to expect. It's all coming up next. Oh, and a look at Apple TV Plus on Mac Break Weekly. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Mac Break Weekly, episode 683. Recorded Tuesday, October 15th, 2019. Sick burn at Budokan. Backbreak Weekly is brought to you by Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. They make the home buying process work for you. Their award-winning client service and support will help you every step of the way. Get started online today at rocketmortgage.com slash MacBreak. And by FreshBooks, the number one accounting software in the cloud for self-employed professionals and their teams. Run your business easier and more efficiently with FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days at freshbooks.com slash MacBreak. And by Epson's EcoTank Printers. Kiss expensive cartridges goodbye. Add an Epson EcoTank printer to your home or office. EcoTank comes with a ridiculous amount of ink. Just fill and chill. Check out EcoTank printers at Best Buy, Staples, or at epson.com slash EcoTankLeo. It's time for Mac Break Weekly, the show where we cover the latest news from Apple. Of course, all the news this week is from Google, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Renee Ritchie is here from iMore and Vector, the wonderful video podcast at iMore.com slash Vector. And you're looking, you look marvelous. Did you get, a, did you get like some sort of cinema camera now? Are you doing? I, I'm just, I, don't, I have this weird distortion happening through Skype, but I'm going to lean into it, Leo. I I'm like it. Lean. <laughs> I and like I'm, it. I'm happy to talk Google News because the, they cut the event so short. I don't know what happened. I need <laughs> well, to explain it. <laughs> good news because Andy Anako was there. In fact, I was there. He's got a Pixel 4 in his hot little hands. Uh, I've got Ooh. a Pixel 4. WGBH look, I'm waving my Boston. fingers over it. Yeah. Look, I'm looking at it and it's unlocking automatically. <laughs> Wow. Look, I'm squeezing I'm squeezing so, the sides and it's acting. If you're an Apple um fanboy that resents any mention of Android or Google, this may not be the show for you. <laughs> but we'll get there's Apple stuff, don't worry. Laura Gill will take care of that. She's of course from iMore as well, managing editor. Hi Lori. Hi, how's it going? Great. Good to have you. I love that thing holding your laptop. What oh, is Oh yeah, that's the uh, Arc Arc is it called the Arc book? It's beautiful. It's a, it's a laptop yeah, it's a stand. South. It's the 12th South. Oh, of um, course it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. I actually, I'm testing out a um, standing desk. That's why that's behind me uh, instead of not being behind me. No, so. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Also means can you, also, can, you can start can the day by going. Can I show off my shirt real quick? Yeah. I think everybody will appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Hey. It's, the ang- <laughs> it's the angry goose version of Taco Bell called Take Bell. Yeah, I love it. not available anymore. Untitled Goose Shirt. Untitled Goose Shirt. <laughs> Where did you get it? It was uh, Teespring, but they're not available anymore. So it's not my pick this week. Otherwise, I would definitely be telling everyone about Cable it. Cable Sasser probably walked over there and gave them what's for. That is yeah, the I best. So. I, I after, got after in before they got pulled phone. down. And the best part <laughs> of it is that most people will see it and not and go, okay. They won't even think, think about it. They think I'm wearing a Taco Bell shirt. Yeah. yeah. But honestly... <laughs> That may be the best T-shirt I've ever seen. Yes. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. So good. I love it. Yeah. 
There are, I'm looking on uh, uh, Teespring, there are quite a few goose shirts because that great. untitled goose game <laughs> is very popular. But these are not as good, honestly. These are not as good as uh, yeah. as yours. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so jealous. And I'm sorry. I just, that's why, again, I wouldn't have even brought it up except for that you can't buy one, so I have to show up <laughs> what I'm <laughs> Man, you're making me jealous. Right. It's Andy's making yours. me jealous. I'm not sure if I'm more jealous of Andy or you. I think I'm more jealous of you. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure uh, yeah. that Pixel phone is a little better than a T-shirt. Untitled Pixel phone. Yeah, but yeah, but the difference <laughs> is that like you, you can go out and buy one of these. You can't go out and buy one. Of, <laughs> see, if I if I gave you if I traded this to you for that shirt, <laughs> then I would have the shirt, and I would have the phone again in a couple of weeks after I paid for it. But, well, actually, it's, it's true. It's I, Google's phone, so I couldn't I trade. I, still, I guess I win today. So let's all just <laughs> they would understand. get it out of our system. Honk. 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 <laughs> Okay, done. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about this game. If you don't know about it, you're not hip with the kids. It's the Untitled Goose Game from Epic and uh, pretty amazing. Um, I want to do the 10 cent thing and then we will uh, yes. talk a little bit about the uh, Google event. This is an important uh, story and you did a great job, Renee Ritchie. So you get coverage on this. We talked about it Sunday on uh, This Week in Tech. It had come out that day that uh, since iOS 12, Apple has changed the privacy agreement in Safari to say, in safe browsing, uh, you're anon. Well, they don't say anonymized, but you're you're. It is anonymized. It turns out, but your browsing information and some of the information about you may be sent to Google Safe Browsing and Tencent Safe Browsing. Yeah. For a long time, it'd been getting sent to Google Safe Browsing. What it what the Google API does is somewhat anonymizes you. Apple just sends Google a hash of the website that you're going to, and if Google sees that as a fraudulent or malicious website, it'll go back to Apple say, "What's the actual website?" This is, and then once it gets the actual website, to say, "Yes, that's fraudulent." Uh, and during that process, uh, Google and Apple both say your information is anonymous. But without any warning or telling anybody, they added this 10 cent piece that doesn't say anything except that it'll be sent to, might be sent to Google and 10 cent. 10 cent, of course, is a Chinese company, mainland Chinese company. It owns Riot Games. They're the ones uh, who have shut down any mention of Hong Kong. Uh, in, they own massive in, amounts of in movies. Of they Legends. own a ton of percentages of US companies at this They're point. They're the ones pressuring, 10 cent is pressuring. Blizzard and other people to say XNA on Hong Kong. I think they own part of Reddit and they own a yeah. lot of like Tom, a lot of percentages of a lot of big movies. They that are used coming to be out. they used to be a game company. Now they're really just an investment company out of mainland China. Yeah. Uh, but you went and asked Apple about this, and I'm glad you did because they clarified. They should have, by the way, still bad on Apple. They should have told everybody what they were up to and what it meant. We had that you had to go ask them. What did they tell you? So uh, it's. Long story short, which is hard in the situation, but Google works for most of the world, but Google effectively doesn't exist in China, and that's a whole other story to get into. So what Apple is doing to provide the same malicious website, fraudulent website detection in China is partnering with Tencent. They maintain a very similar list to what Google maintains, only they do it for websites that are located in China. In a perfect world, Apple would have their own list or DuckDuckGo would have a list, but they don't. So they outsource that to Google uh, outside, everywhere outside of China. 
and Tencent inside mainline China. And my understanding is they use a very similar technology in that they give hashed prefixes to the sites that you're going to, which creates a pool of sites. It's not totally anonymous. It's not, it's not specific, though. It's out of this vast pool of websites, this user is going to one of them. And if it gets a response from that, then it provides the, the uh, website address so that it can check precisely uh, for which website it is. Now, it does get IP information and it does get that prefix up front. It only gets the actual website if it's a fraudulent or malicious website. And then that comes back and Safari parses all that. Up until that point, all of that is on device. It's only if it's actually a fraudulent website that that transmission occurs. Um, you can opt out of it by turning off fraudulent website protection, uh, malicious website protection. That does mean that you will encounter potentially malicious websites. Although, have you ever? I've never. I've never been had this warning ever. I've had it. I've had it many times. Oh, okay. But it was usually erroneous. I I found like it was either like one of our sites <laughs> or another tech site that for some reason had been flagged erroneously oh, by the system. That's interesting. Yeah. I think well, I'm I'm going to turn it off now. They were very clear; it only sends it to Tencent if you're in mainland China. If your region encoding, your region says, is set to mainland yeah. China. Yeah. However, honestly, I don't even like the idea of it being sent to Google. Uh, Matthew Green, the cryptographer from Johns Hopkins, said, "You know, it's what we call K anonymity. It is perhaps not a perfect system, um, and I don't know if it really is that important for your safety." So obviously we'll and leave also that Apple's up to. Apple's not proxying it because, for example, with Siri, they don't see who's making the request. They see Apple making the request on behalf of Siri, and with a login with Apple, they create artificial re anonymized relays. So there's probably a lot of room in this system to make it even more anonymous if it is something that Apple wants to provide, and you believe that you're going to encounter those sorts of um, websites. And every person has to threat model this for themselves. If they're engaged in an activity where they believe, you know, for example, some groups are targeted by malicious websites to get malware put on their computers by various nations, by various groups. So if it's something that you think is likely to happen to you, you've got to do that, that threat model. Yeah. This is, you go in the settings. This is, by the way, on, on all Safaris, uh, iOS and desktop, right? Uh, if yep. you if you go into the settings, you go to Safari. You'll have to scroll down a bit. It's kind of down towards the bottom. Uh, it's in the it's in the uh, it's in the security and privacy and security settings. Fraudulent website warning. If you tap, this is the thing that got people's uh, you know concern. If you tap this the privacy settings, it says Safari may say information send information calculated from the website address to Google Safe Browsing and Ten Cent Safe Browsing to check if the website is fraudulent. These safe browsing providers may also log your IP address. It doesn't say Tencent only if you're in China. I imagine Apple will make that change at some point. Uh, but at the same time, even Google, maybe you don't want to send your IP address to Google because that, I mean, it. <laughs> that's for every site, not the fraudulent sites, right? It's, I mean, <laughs> well, it just it's seems, only if it's, if it's only if the prefix, only if the, the hash, hash matches, matches, does okay. that information get okay. translated? Yeah. I don't know why Google needs your IP address. Well, it doesn't that it's needed. It's that it creates, so Safari does all this processing on device, but then in order to check the list, it sends it from your device. And because it's being sent from your device, they get the IP address. Yeah. Ironically, uh, somebody in the chat room, Eric Duckman says, it's been there since iOS 12, and we just noticed. Yeah. That just shows you how well, much the, we read these things. Because of the China thing, people started looking. They're kind I mean, of aware. Like, it raises yeah. awareness, and then yeah. everything starts to be checked. So it apparently is the similar, uh, it's the same API Google uses for its safe browsing, 10 cents using. Yeah. So, you know, again, KNN anonymity, it's, um, 
not perfect, but it's better better than just sending everything over. It would leave it up to you whether. But I don't think it's a tempest in a teapot. In fact, I said on Sunday before Apple's statement, I said this is going to be telling to see what Apple does about this and what the Apple says about it. Um, I would, you know, I, I knew that they would respond as soon as this became public, but I wish they had said so up front, and I don't understand why they didn't. Or explain the process, because if people don't see the process, it's not transparent. They can't understand yeah. it. And then everything, yeah. like, justifiably, everything looks scary. Yeah. Well, you call it FUD. I don't think it's FUD. I think it's justifiably uh, concerning if Apple doesn't... I don't for- think it's FUD at all. I think certain certain reporting was very fuddy on it initially. Ah. Like, it was people panicked in light of all the other China stuff going on and sort of lumped it and threw it together rather than breaking it down and right. seeing what was actually happening. Uh, I don't use Safari. I use uh, Firefox. I turn off all tracking. I turn off all of the Google and uh, F- Facebook and Twitter bugs and all of that stuff because I don't want my, everything I do sent back to anybody. I don't think anybody needs that information. So I'd leave that up to you. I know what I'm doing. Um, living dangerously, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm sure there's other Apple stuff uh, to talk about, and I'm sure we will get to the other Apple stuff, but I guess we really ought to. I haven't had a chance yet to talk to anybody about the Google event. This morning at 7 o'clock, 10 a.m. Eastern time, Google announced it's all its new made by Google 2019 stuff. Um, some stuff won't be available till next year, particularly those Google, the new Google earbuds. Um, but they look a lot, they're a lot more like AirPods now, and they don't have a wire joining them together. Uh, and they're mm-hmm. kind of like AirPods going to be Siri connected. The case looks like AirPods. The buds look. The buds look a little bu- different. They go in your ear. No, they have a little plastic. Not like Microsoft different, but a little different. Yeah, they're not as big as no, Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, they they really are tiny. They don't have and they don't have anything sticking out uh, from. They don't have any like lollipop sticks sticking out from under it. Uh, they they really snug in the ear, so that they're not even like the like the like Bose earbuds where they're uh, they're inobtrusive, but you can see this like sort of bulgy, sticky outy hemisphere sticking out. It really does almost seem like you're wearing earplugs more than anything else, uh, and it does have a and because has a, has a silicon like shroud around the insert, it's supposed to shut out a little bit of the the noise from the outside and also enhance bass. Um, but they're they the really cool thing about it is that and remember we're not seeing this until uh, until next year early next year the really cool thing about it is that they're saying that it doesn't it, you can use it uh, up to three rooms away from your phone and so the idea of just walking around your house and having access to a verbal assistant and getting information and and triggering things just by walking around. That's pretty darn cool. Let's see how well it works. But that's the the idea that you don't have to have this thing as just simply uh, Bluetooth earphones that do things through your phone. That's just keep one of them tucked into your ear because you know you're going to be doing things all over the office or all over the house. And you still want to have access to uh, the sort of tools that let you do things without having to find your phone, pick it up, unlock it and do stuff. That's intriguing. Yeah. Um, we should talk about the phone because Dieter Bone and The Verge uh, said it's it's the hipster iPhone 11. <laughs> it really looks a lot like an iPhone 11, that camera bump, the square camera bump. Yeah. Uh, has face ID, no longer, uh, no fingerprint reader. If, you, if, you, if I weren't looking closely, Andy, I might think you had an iPhone 11. There is no notch, though. There is no notch. I guess people are calling it the forehead. 
but because it has so many sensors for like these radars that's got in in addition to the cameras uh, and the projectors that they need for uh, for face unlocking uh it's it's not i mean as usual you're going to have the same people who are vomiting over the over the the iPhone notch and are vomiting over the the forehead uh, are also saying they're vomiting over uh, the, the the bump on the back here but I, again i i remain vomit free at this point <laughs> it, uh, uh, google said punch. it's the can't have a whole punch either <laughs> google says <laughs> the first phone to have radar this is the soli technology google announced a couple of years ago um, uh, that in fact, Google showed this on stage that the original sensor was this, you know, the size yeah. <laughs> of a, a paperback book. They've got it shrunk down now, so it actually fits fits in that forehead. Uh, how is radar different from what Apple's doing? What it does is it's able to create really a 3D map of things that are around you without having to do it with cameras. So it's a lot lower, lower power. Privacy is a lot better because it's not taking any pictures. And the granularity of what it can do is pretty impressive. The only things that they have rolling out the door for uh, the, the initial Pixel 4 are simple things like hold, the, hold your hand over the, to, to silence something. Uh, they have uh, like in the alarm app. Uh, as soon as you reach for it, it senses that your hand is going for the phone and then it will like it won't turn off the alarm, but it'll make it quieter because it knows that, OK, a human is trying to interact with it right now. And then you could you could use your hand to sort of stop it. Uh, you can uh, you can go forward and backward through tracks uh, when you're listening to music with it. Uh, but they also showed off. Don't uh, bury the lead, Andy. <laughs> Tickle me, Pikachu. That's the yeah, lead. Exactly. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? They showed that, which I guess was a lock screen. And then the, you're kind of going like this, waving it back and forth. It was going. Yeah. I thought of you, Renee, immediately. And <laughs> totally burying the lead here. <laughs> yeah. it, I did tickle. I did tickle a, a, a Pikachu uh, in the in the in the demo area. So it's, it's lest you think that oh great, though there's just there's an infrared sensor here and here, it just senses that something is blocking one than the other. No, you can also like in this in this game you have like the you have the the Pokemon. You can actually like scratch it like this, and it'll respond oh, to wow. like. The, is that a game so, then? It's a it's a yeah, it's a it's it's a game. I I didn't play it play it, but it's a, it's an interactive game. The sensor itself is really good at discriminating individual touch. You'll remember that when they first showed this off a couple of years ago, they're talking about doing things like controls where how about you change the volume just by going like this, like you're tr like you're, you're twisting a knob with your fingertips. Uh, and it could even do things like, uh, again, according to research papers based on this that I've read before, things like, well, what if you just uh, if, I, if I'm at a diner and I'm just listening to music, uh, what if I just like take one of the salt shakers and put it in front of the phone? And now the, the that salt shaker is now my my tuning knob or my volume knob, uh, just because it can rec recognize that oh there's there's something that's spinning in three dimensions uh, with the appropriate like hand gestures. There's a lot they could do with it. They are clearly they, and when they first formally announced it early this year as part of the uh, the Pixel Four suite of features, they did mention the specific features they're putting in at launch, but also saying that of course we're going to be building upon this in the future so hopefully that will pay out because this could be this is a really really interesting innovation in in controlling a phone just just how i mean just how like if you have the if the way it's integrated into different uh, features like like the face unlock it won't it doesn't it's not always scanning to see if your face is there however if it senses if you've got this lying it's locked and it's on a table 
if you reach for it, as soon as you reach for it, it senses, oh, there's a hand above it. I bet the user is about to pick it up. So then it starts turning on the sensors for the face unlock so that that and uh, by the time you've actually lifted it up, now it's actually unlocked the phone and stuff like that. So it's it's interesting to see how let's tune back in a year from now to see how well they're supporting it and how well it actually integrates to everything else. I got the impression uh, that they are starting simply with gestures. Yeah. But that there is a lot more that they they think they could do with it. It could so. be like Daredevil, right? Like radar sense. <laughs> I, think, I, I absolutely think that it's, it's kind of. Uh, I kind of feel like it's like when Apple introduced the first Macintosh, and they decided specifically to go with a one button mouse because we don't want to overload people's imagination. People who are using this for the first time, let's just give them one simple gesture, one simple action, and then maybe later on we'll figure out how to make things a little bit more complex. Because it is, I mean, you, already you have to sort of get used to the idea of I can interact with this phone without actually touching it. All I have to do is, you know, you're getting sleepy, sleepy, and <laughs> just, just moving your hands in front of it. I mean, it's 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 almost disappointing when you find out that, oh, well, what if I, can I just like scroll through a, a web browser page by doing that? Well, no. Uh, it's like, oh, well, why, why, do, why do I'm bothering even trying this at all? Uh, you don't want it to become like 3D touch where it's really nifty, but because it's not universal and it's not obviously yeah. something you should you have to press people are just going to forget to try to use samsung it. had something similar several generations ago and it, it uh <laughs> you know it didn't <laughs> they, didn't, they yeah, don't yeah, still do it let's put it that. <laughs> they got 20 they got 21 minutes to fill during the, during right. the keynote presentation so what they, whatever engineer can come up with something that will demo demo very nicely that people will show <laughs> their friends LG, the though, from last year that was the worst it was like you're like, like trying to use force powers to make the <laughs> What about the face recognition? Because uh, reviewers have already said it's surprisingly quick, faster than Apple's. What's your experience, Andy? I would say it's faster than Apple's because it's it's uh, the only thing. I, the thing I would compare it to is like uh, when you've got your Apple Watch set to unlock your unlock your MacBook. Like by the time you're about to key in your uh, your, your your password, it's already unlocked. Before you figure out that I've done I've I've, I've done too much work, it's actually already done it for me. Again, you're talking to a person who, in terms of having this set up, has had exactly like 43 minutes worth of experience with it. But I, I, I'm picking it up. I'm noticing that it's unlocking itself. It's not just simply, uh, it's not just simply, oh, it just didn't relock itself. It's no, it's actually doing the scan. It does the, it, it has a little user interface sort of thing where it actually puts like a little halo around like the edge. That's so kind of hard to see uh, depending on how you how you use it. It's it seems right now to be very very fast, very very reliable so far. The face mapping is not quite as cool as the way that Apple does it, the way you train it to, to teach your new face. Uh, but uh, it's working very well so far. Again, uh, with, the, with the caveat, I've had less than an hour of, of actual like day-to-day -day experience with this. But I'm what I so really far. like is that they, you can turn off the lock screen. Because like with Apple, whether you want it or not, it's going to stop you with the lock screen. So you got to do that extra swipe gesture. And some people could care less about the lock screen. It makes it feel slow to them because my phone's unlocked, but now I have to do this whole gesture I to agree. actually get into it. I agree. And if you would just give them the same setting, I think Face ID would feel so much faster. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the, the issue is, and actually Dieter uh, Bone addresses this in his Verge report too, some people feel like because it's so quick, and because it can do it before yep. you even pick it up, maybe this was never locked. And so that's yeah. why they give you the choice because some people actually are made uncomfortable by that. They want to see a lock like screen. Some people like lock screen notifications. Yeah. They want to see those just because they don't yeah. want to do their phone. They just want right. to see it quickly if they need to or not. Right. 
So I do, I, you know, I think I'll be like you. I'll turn off the lock screen, but maybe not. You know, you got to you gotta try it and see. I'll, I will say it's definitely not a gimmick. It's the, they haven't Samsung this feature. They really put a lot of work into it. And again, solely the idea of having this, uh, this, radar, this radar array built into it. It's really interesting. I, I've, I haven't, I haven't, I, I bought a Pixel 1 uh, back when the Pixel 2 was coming out. And the, I can get a Pixel 1 on Woot, like really, really cheap. And I haven't upgraded, didn't upgrade to the 2 or the 3 because I was waiting for something that was a lot more significant that, oh, look, it's got a better camera. Or, oh, look, it's a little bit faster in ways that I'm probably not going to be able to appreciate. But this idea of not just face unlock, but also the, the Soli uh, emitter, it makes me feel as though a year from now this could be an, a super, super intriguing phone. Yeah. But do you think it'll also be way better on head? Like, so like for me, it'll be okay on the Pixel. Like, I think just because they're going to have to maintain compatibility, it'll always be a little bit redundant. Like, you'll be able to do it in other ways. But on devices without displays, it could be a primary control yeah. mechanism if you don't want to use voice. Like, I just walk up to my home speaker, twist my hand, and suddenly the volume is changing. Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine like, if they had a, a, a future version of uh, the, the Pixel Buds that also had a sensor so you could just, again, yeah. do things like, like the Q-tip gesture to change volume <laughs> and, other, and other things like this to say, please go forward, go back. Like, yeah, no, those are going to be gimmicky. Who remembers those things? They're no, hard well, to remember. The, 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 when you're able to walk around the house and actually get things done when you don't need your phone, but you occasionally need access to information you put onto your phone, or you occasionally want to remember certain things. That's, those gestures they will come in handy. The, everybody has that that's that uh, alt shift, alt option shift, whatever command thing of their favorite app that they know, even though it's not easy to learn because for them it solves such a important problem, makes something so quick and so accessible. And I, I'm really, again, I'm really excited by the idea of 3D sensing of motion of fingers and hands. Because this could be as significant as multi-touch. It could be as significant as the mouse because it's just a way – it solves a problem that we actually have uh, from something as – even something as prosaic as it's winter. It is 18 degrees outside with a wind chill of, oh, my God. I don't want to have to pull my glove off in order to like read a book. Uh, when they – if they if, – if they're smart, the first thing they're going to – the first new feature they're going to add is scrolling just with the, with the air. And they're going to get it before the first really big cold snap in like Chicago – or Wisconsin or Minnesota because that will sell pixel phones. <laughs> save your save your fingers. All right, we're going to save phone. the most important part, which is the camera part, uh, for after the break. I do want to mention they're also uh, copying iPhone pricing. Uh, that it is the, <laughs> the the loaded top of the line Pixel 4 XL is a thousand bucks. That's with 128 gigs. They don't have anything bigger than 128 gigs of storage. Mm -hmm. The baseline uh, for both the Pixel. 4 and the Pixel 4 XL is 64 gigs, which is a little surprising. Um, 6 gigs of RAM. But the camera is really the reason I think people would buy a Pixel phone. Although, they did say, and Andy, you can confirm or uh, disagree with this. They said DisplayMate's already looked at the display and gave it an A+. plus. Said it's perfect. Pretty much the same score they gave the iPhone 11. Is that, is that yeah, feel like they, accurate? They they had a slide that says it got a grade of A+. Plus. Uh, anytime that I see a superlative in a presentation like this, I put a big, like, italics underlined yeah. question mark around it because it's hard to say, oh, it's perfect, is it? There's no flaws whatsoever detectable by anybody. Uh, so, yeah, the display it's, mates it's a, rapidly it, losing their credibility, in my opinion. But go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. Like, like shills now. Oh, we gave Bill you the Schiller phone. tweeted it out. 
Yeah. I, I don't like that. I don't like it when any manufacturer pays attention to them. Not that I have anything against them, but when you have a company that offers consulting yeah. and helping you fine tune these devices yeah. before release and then gives you these weird non-numeric, like these weird non-scales for, it, it feels like I could get an A plus if I just played the game right on right. my face. Like right. it just, it's yeah. very weird. Well, know, but Andy, you you've got the phone in your hands. Is it subjectively yeah. a nice screen? It's it an OLED, isn't nice, it? This year, it's a, it's a, do you it's notice a the ninety nice hertz refresh rate? Because that is unique. The only other phone that does yeah. that right now, no iPhone does it, is the OnePlus Seven Pro. Samsung and they got ninety yeah. before the Note did. That would be really weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I haven't I haven't downloaded enough like text scrolling apps. I don't. And again, I'm a daily Pixel One user. I don't notice it being necessarily any snappier than what I or more fluid than what I'm used to before. So, and but they're they're using the same technique that Apple uses uh, with its variable uh, uh, variable frame rate, which is to say, well, we're not we don't want to cook the overcook the CPU uh, when okay. it's when it's not needed. Maybe they are saving it for times when you really are just blasting through long long lists. Again, I have to say, every time, even even if I'm saying something enthusiastic about this phone, less than an hour's worth of hand on, yeah, hands-on yeah, experience. So, so, but so, but yeah, so. I have, but I didn't have that that immediate. Oh my God! This is like a whole new phone. My right. life begins anew because of this wonderful scrolling. <laughs> right. It's very nice. It's and it's also and it's also a really nice snappy display. So yeah, nice. That's all. It's not A plus. It's nice. It's got it's got detail. It's got color. If you want if you want to say it's an A plus display, okay. Okay. I don't I don't tend to look at histograms. I tend to look at the actual screen itself. So it's it's a fine display. It is a uh, it is not the latest Snapdragon. It's a eight fifty five. So they're not even using the fastest Qualcomm part at this point. Uh, they that, did. They did a bunch of RAM in it, so that's nice. Six which gigs is, of RAM, because, which is a big improvement that over the last and on, year. And on Android, they don't. They don't do the same kind of optimization they need that it. Uh, yeah. does with iOS. Android so that really, you really actually see the performance hit. Okay. The performance advantage. Main thing is the camera. I know you've only had it for an hour, but I have a feeling you've taken some pictures. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in just a second. Andy Nanako has the Pixel Four. We're talking about that. Renee Ritchie watched the event but was disappointed because they didn't go into <laughs> enough detail. Although. The, 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 it was only an hour. Yeah, ah, that's okay <laughs> with me. I was happy. They, I got to have breakfast. No, but they finished it by saying, we wish we had time to show you more. Hey, it, it felt all, like Game of Thrones yeah. season eight. It's like we offered you more episodes, <laughs> but you want to go make Star Wars. It's fine. Like If you're going to if you're gonna make it short, don't say you don't have enough time to show me stuff. I will give you the time you need. <laughs> the camera guy was great, though. The older guy with the gray yes. hair. Uh, I thought he was really interesting. It was wonderful to see Annie Leibovitz on stage yeah. uh, talking about her photography and even though they didn't show enough of her pictures, uh, they looked pretty good. Andy, you got to stare at them. We just got they cut away a lot. Yeah, they're 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 gorgeous. But I think that they kind of undermine their own argument if they're trying to say, "Oh, look how wonderful our camera is." Like, if you're Andy Leibovitz, Andy, here is here's a, here a quick roach box. Here is a sheet of photographic film and a pinhole. You, got, if you're Andy Leibovitz, you, <laughs> you got do to, it. You got to pull it through. Potato. Yeah. She's so good. potato. Oh, yeah. she's so exactly. good. Yeah, um, but I but. Anyway, we'll take a, a little break. And Laurie, are you all right? You're not. I, we're just going to do a little more Google stuff. There's more Apple to talk about. Oh no, I you know I I may have not mentioned this on Matt Greg Weekly, but I I love Google's everything that the the way they do things. It's really inclusive, and I love how they're experimenting with new things all the time. So you know the fact that they put a radar in a phone right now that maybe doesn't do a lot to me. That's just them getting ready for the next time when they put an even better radar on it. They're using, they're putting the radar in all of our hands so that we can experiment with it, and then they know what good use cases it can be for in the future. Yeah. So I, I'm all aboard on this stuff. It's, I think it's fun. I think it's great. I think, you know, Google and Apple do things different, but I love Google's 
let's experiment and let's share our experiments with everybody. I love the, the way they do that. I actually uh, am thrilled there's competition. Uh, I'm glad to see <laughs> yes. AMD stepping up now to, to compete with Intel. I'm glad to see Microsoft in the game again, even making mm -hmm. phones next year. All of this competition means we get better products. So I'm exactly. absolutely thrilled to yeah. see all that. I also, I see that Google is really trying to hit on privacy a little bit better. Yeah. Um, they were meant, they mentioned it a couple of times in their very, very short, fast <laughs> presentation <laughs> today. I felt the same way. It happened so fast that by the time I was like starting to understand what we were talking about, they'd moved on to something else. So I felt the same way. I was like, there's, there was too much stuff crammed into too short a period of time and things that they should have lingered on more like the privacy um, methods that they're kind of starting with uh, there was not enough information about that i want to know more about what what they meant it, it does seem like they're following in apple's footsteps trying to do much more on device right. um, assistance going to do more on device stuff google had talked about this a little at google io that they were able to get their giant machine learning data sets squeezed down small enough that they could actually put it on the phone so that, for instance, assistant will often be able to answer your questions, set timers, uh, do some of the things you want to do without leaving, without going up to the cloud. Uh, same thing for face ID, your face is stored on the device. I think this is, again, where competition is great. Apple is sticking it to Google on privacy, and Google's responding. They're doing what Amazon did with the Echo. You can say, delete <laughs> delete what I just said, <laughs> delete today's stuff, delete last week's stuff. That's all. That's all really good. And uh, yeah. again, that's because there's clear performance benefits too, though. I mean, absolutely, they're all absolutely. doing it for they're all doing it for performance reasons too. Yeah, I don't know if Siri does on device stuff yet. It does. The dictation part is on dictation. device. It's got a, it's got okay. a bare minimum of stuff that it does on device, that and a lot of the machine learning stuff it does on device too. Before uh, it all, a lot of it ends up on the cloud anyway, but it does a lot of the parsing on device. I feel like the. They showed how the the voice recorder now can transcribe as it's recording. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to take that to every meeting from now on, right? I see the I first thing I was thinking already. <laughs> yeah, drafts. The first thing I was right. the first thing I was thinking of is like how how long before we see like this a sensational piece or uh, like so so and so uses Google's like Google is uh, Google has put a spy in your pocket that's automatically transcribing everything in the room that's ever said. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like you're right. It's like okay, it's well, it's also a voice recorder that every single phone and every single tape recorder ever made can do. But okay. Yeah. I love the idea that you could, you know, even if it's not a perfect transcription, that you'll have the text it was, yeah, they, searchable. They, they did a live demo and it was really keeping up word for word. And the fact that it was all being done on device was pretty darn slick. Yeah. So is this, would you say that, that Google just Sherlocked every software company that already has an <laughs> app that lets you do that? Because that, you know, like really they're, they're putting, you know, built into their phone a so software that records and then transcribes and makes it searchable. There are people out there, there are programs out there that you have to pay money to do that with. So it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Make it an API and let other people make better front ends. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, actually, we're going to talk about Sherlocking uh, in a little bit because there is a great blog post by the folks that uh, who make, uh, what was it? What's it called? The uh, little dongle. Luna Display. Luna, yeah. L Astropad makes Luna Display, yeah. Yeah, that got Sherlocked by uh, Sidecar and uh, and their response, which I th thought was really good. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Lori Gill, Andy Anaka, Renee Ritchie. <laughs> that was nice. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was good. Talk about a quick round the horn. Round the horn. <laughs> woo, uh, it's a Mac Break Weekly Assembled. We'll get back to more in just a bit. Our show today brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Love these guys from Quicken Loans. When it's time to buy a house, look at 
Just go to rocketmortgage.com slash MacBreak. You know, it's hard enough finding the right house. Fortunately, getting the loan to buy the house is easy with Rocket Mortgage. They do more to help you understand the home buying process than anybody else. That means with that information, you can get exactly what you need. It's not, it's not just some old mortgage. It's your mortgage. Do it right. They've got a team of mortgage experts that are obsessed with finding a better way. That means their number one goal is to make the home buying process smoother for you. That's kind of a revolution. A, a home mortgage company that's focused on customer service? What? Rocket Mortgage has award-winning client service and support every step of the way. And I mean it when I say award-winning. J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination for almost a decade now, nine years in a row. They've done it six years in a row for mortgage servicing. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. The other thing I love about Rocket Mortgage, they're changing the game with their industry-leading online lending technology. You do it online, that makes it, we we like that, right? Makes it easy for us. They've already helped millions of Americans achieve their dream of home ownership, including many of our listeners. When you work with Rocket Mortgage, you're getting more than just a loan because Rocket Mortgage is more than just a lender. All you got to do is go to rocketmortgage.com slash MacBreak. Take the first step to the home of your dreams. Get started online today, rocketmortgage.com slash Mac break equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLS consumer access.org number 3030 rocket mortgage from Quicken loans push button get mortgage rocketmortgage.com slash Mac break we thank you for supporting us rocket mortgage they've been a great sponsor for a couple of years now we thank you for supporting us by going to that URL rocketmortgage.com slash Mac break well, Andy, only an hour. You probably have only taken a few hundred pictures so far. You <laughs> tweeted a selfie I, that looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to do a couple, like, during the, that's right, during the commercial, like, okay, well, actually, just let me do a quick side-by-side -side of that's a, nice, that's a nice colorful, like, purple chair in there. So let me take one with a with this, with the iPhone 11. Let's take one with this. Uh, after, after the show, I'm definitely, <laughs> unfortunately, after the show, it'll be, like, beautiful, like, sort of, like, near twilight. So yeah, I'm going to have a nice long walk, and <laughs> I'm going to, if 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 I if I get hit by a taxi, it's probably don't it's probably going to be because I was too, I was holding like one camera over one eye and the other camera over the other eye. So now I got to take this shutter at the same time, or else this, the test is not valid. It's interesting that um, Apple held back Deep Fusion. I always thought they did. They were waiting until they got their hands on a Pixel 4 and could see what they're doing, and now they could best it. Maybe that doesn't make a yeah. lot of sense. But I thought, well, actually, I thought that I thought that there was the there was one like the, the uh, everybody in the, uh, Renee was uh, Renee's favorite part was also my favorite part when they had Mark Lavoie. Uh, the Stanford professor who kind of invented, like, well, excuse me, not invented, but one of the biggest names in computational photography and research. And they, and Google just just went and hired him. Uh, was he, that who was on stage? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, got, I, I didn't know I that. Like, oh. I got a fanboy over him saying, Mr. Professor Lavoie, like, I downloaded your iPhone app when you were still at Stanford. And I, I, took my, I took my plastic cows out to a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that's, that's what I What app, right what app did he do? Oh, I can't. I uh, I gotta scroll down for it. I'll it was, find uh, it. I'll find it. I'll do it. It was the first procedural photography uh, camera uh, that I've uh, that I'd ever seen. Uh, I'm scrolling. I've got. So the only got, the only awkward moment in his presentation for me was he literally goes, 
we're doing virtual lens modeling like Apple did last year, and we're doing big object portrait mode like Apple did two years ago. But haha, Apple's finally catching up on fusion and semantics. And I'm like, oh. that, 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 just just go. Well, I mean, just you don't do you don't stuff. have to mention well, Apple one way or the other. You know, it's, it's well, understood. There was one, there was one, especially when you're yeah. saying you're catching up like in one breath and then making fun of them in the next. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. that that could have been skipped and gone right into. Also, there's one fun part that only a research professor had to say, like uh, taking taking fun of the of the comment about deep fusion but oh there's there's uh, computational photography voodoo here and he just said well and without mentioning like uh, deep fusion at all he said and we have the, all these techniques and layers da, da, da. There, it's there's not it's not voodoo it's just science yeah <laughs> it's it's sort of winked yeah <laughs> uh they he did imply however there was a wink that maybe more features would be coming in other words a software yeah, update totally. he, he specific yeah he specifically was talking about how uh, uh, after showing off the new like astrophotography uh, 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 features of the of the new uh, new Pixel camera app, he was saying, "Oh, and, well, here's one thing we can't do. Let's see, here's a picture. Of a we have got we've got a beautiful picture of the moon, and over here we've got a beautiful beautiful picture of like the uh, the the scene lit only entirely by moonlight. But you see that like the the moon itself is like over bright because there like there's like 18 <laughs> stops of difference in dynamic range. Uh, so that's that, this is one kind of picture that we can't actually do. They said, but stay tuned." <laughs> yeah yeah stay tuned yeah but the, i was expecting him to say is who was it who what was the, the phone company that it might have been even samsung that was uh had trained it trained its camera app to say if you see like a moon in the sky here is a high resolution image of what the moon looks like just sort of like stick it in there <laughs> so that if you see like a full moon because you know because the moon you always see the same side of it facing us at all times so you could just simply say why don't we just paste in a really detailed <laughs> moon and I'll think that we've got a great dynamic range in detail it's taking it a little too far <laughs> uh, fake moon fake moon <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they could probably uh, render a better star scene than they can photograph at this point. I was really impressed by the <clears throat> astrophotography uh, images yeah. that he showed. That that's hard to do, uh, and yeah. I, I guess the idea was um, that they're going to be able to down the road in a software update be able to kind of understand the dark foreground, the bright background, and balance those and so forth. Yeah, the the they are also talking about uh, without getting too heavily into detail. When he said when he after the ooh and ah, or, oh look here's a, a star field and look how look how beautiful it is. He had to point out that this is a stack of like sixteen photographs taken over an interval of something like three or four or five seconds, and and of course the stars are moving, so we have the software has to be aware that we don't want to have streaking stars, and it really does put whether it's you're doing computational photography on on Apple or uh, on a Google. Product, product it makes you it really makes you think about how everything is possible once you add like intelligent software into this new layer of photography saying well we understand that if there is if it looks like if it looks like uh, people have like blurry eyes open and close the software should understand that humans don't look that way and should be able to pull like an open eye out of a previous frame or something so it's it's really is uh, it's amazing to see what with apple pushing google and google pushing apple exactly how insane photography can become in the next two or three years uh, by the way, NASA, this is completely tangentially, but if you do want to cut and paste the moon into your photography, has released a CGI yep. moon kit, a 3D uh, <laughs> elevations of the moon from uh, satellite photography from the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter and laser altimeter. And so 
You could really, I mean, honestly, if you're making moon images, you might want to just think about pasting this in. Uh, it'll be much more uh, accurate. <laughs> Actually, it's gorgeous. Gorgeous, high-resolution uh, 3D renderings. Uh, all right, well, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Uh, I feel like uh, we're very fortunate because we get to use uh, both the iPhone f uh, 11 Pro Max and the Pixel 4 XL. Uh, I carry both, you know, a Pixel and an iPhone with me at all the times. So I only wish I could take it on this trip because I'm. It's kind of a photography dream trip, and it would be. Do really you need fun. a Batman belt yet, Leo, for all your phones? Do <laughs> well, you if I wanted to carry them all, but you know, the nice belt. thing you notice, I wear suit jackets more because uh, they have these <laughs> two side panels, so I can have a Pixel and I can have an iPhone, <laughs> and I you know, just have to remember which side is which. So it's going to be harder with a Pixel Four. That's why I bought the orange one because then I'll. Not confusing. It's the one with the big camera bump on the. Oh no, it doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I have to point out how close the uh, the the Google camera bump looks to the uh, iPhone camera bump. Although theirs is arranged not in a not in a sideways Mickey Mouse, but in a. No, there's the emoji surprise face. Yeah, there's this the surprise <laughs> face emoji. The mouth is on the bottom with the two eyes above. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a sensor below it. Uh, lots of sensors in these phones nowadays. That's what's really, uh, I think, exciting. Uh, we live in wondrous time of times. I was hopeful. I was always hopeful that since they did Project What's It Called, that they would, they would still stay with time of flight. But no, not yet. <laughs> and just because I think Project it got, Tango. I, I think it got covered up. What was Mark Lavoie's uh, uh, camera app that you were talking about? It was SynthCam? Uh, SynthCam. Yeah, it yes. was. It was for like the. It came out as early as I think the iPhone three. Uh, but it was the first it was a, it was the first computational photography app I'd ever used, uh, and it was it, it was the I, I did take my 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 little uh, toy cows up to like the fish ladder in Waltham because oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have running water behind it, and like oh my god, look at it. it's like it's like a, I'm getting depth of field, I'm getting focus, I'm like, but this is just a crummy little little camera phone. This shouldn't be possible. My mind is blown. <laughs> and I do like I do like the image. That you uh, posted on your Twitter feed, another image of a selfie from the Google <laughs> event. This one not nearly as, uh, as as nice. And by the way, it wasn't even used. There's a camera and a hand in the picture. Uh, so well, that's, that's well, that's the end. That's Annie, Annie Leibovitz, isn't it? Oh, is it Annie Leibovitz? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, I that's get the it. Screen above that. There's oh, I didn't see the bottom part. That's Annie showing a yeah. picture she took. And so that's her fingers and hands taking the picture of a guy doing a selfie. It's an Elsie of a selfie, Leo. It's meta. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's actually, that's a, that is a hysterical picture. Of course it's Annie Leibovitz. See, I only saw the part you, that, uh, you know, Twitter showed. It didn't show the other oh, part. And I thought, oh, oh. But you, if you click on I the I almost image, wish they'd both. done a montage instead of an interview so we could have had more time. I was frustrated because at least on yeah. the stream they kept cutting back and forth. I yeah. don't know what it was like in the... Mm -hmm. uh, in the hall, did you get? Did they did they stay on the pictures in the hall? Yeah, no, it yeah. was a it was a slideshow, and you could Much see, nicer. each one was about a few seconds, and it was almost hard to concentrate because the pictures were so beautiful. Well, it's fun because Annie really didn't say anything. She's yeah, <laughs> she she's good, man. I love her, and uh, it yeah. was uh, it's a good idea that Google brought her in as their celebrity. She's the yeah. eye through which we've well, seen much of our modern lives. That's right. Ooh, ooh, well, there, there was Mar wow. Martha Stewart You're was right. there <laughs> in the front row. I don't know why, though. Martha Stewart was in the front row? And she yeah. kept taking photos. I got, I got a legitimate, yeah, I got a legitimate uh, like, glimpse at her through my camera. So, yeah. 
I, I don't know thing. why they didn't mention it. They didn't mention like style or well, of course they, okay. They mentioned uh, how they want to they they want to make their new Wi-Fi base stations pretty so that you won't actually hide it behind base behind like a particle board and and mute the mute the signal like that. Uh, but yeah, it's not like they they they're saying they were not saying oh well it's a very good thing <laughs> or they didn't have like sort of a country tartan. Uh, version of the of the Google Home. <laughs> One of our uh, chat room regulars, uh, Edmonton Euler guy, is a professional photographer. He just uh, uh, chatted from the Verge article. I guess they had images, sample images in there. He he said, "I could say that the iPhone 11 Pro has better lens correction and better exposure, warmer tones. It achieves what most consumers want, and that is just to shoot it once and." Use it. Yeah, I don't think most consumers are going to go out in a dark uh, night and sit outside and take uh, astrophotography. Uh, but I love that it's subjective differences now. It's not like objectively this camera sucks and this one is good. It's like these cameras are great, and which do you subjectively like the artistic decisions that the different software companies made? Yeah, you have the choice. You have the choice, yeah. uh, and I think I think that's great. Uh, iPhone. And if Google would make a Pixel camera app for iOS and other Android devices. I could have them all on one device. I'm just saying. <laughs> If you're wondering uh, why Apple is so nice to China lately, maybe it has something to do with the fact that iPhone demand was up 230% in September. Strong demand for the iPhone. That shows that Apple's done something right, because wasn't demand declining in China? They're um, having a earlier. Like, oh. Go ahead, Laurie. Um, they, they did have the uh, their... Um, their final numbers were lower than what they had originally estimated, and they changed that before. I think was that at the beginning of this year, I believe that that, that happened in um, January. Or so, according March to or like the that. article in this uh, great publication I read all the time, uh, iMore, uh, <laughs> uh, 2018, 110 percent growth. So, uh, doubling, more than doubling, but still pretty good. Uh, but this September, 230 percent which is a significant growth. Um, yeah, so there's also um, the um, original analyst is, is kind of pointing to the iPhone 7 as the, the you know, upgrading from iPhone 7 as the reason. But I would argue that the cheaper iPhone is actually a big deal right now. The, the, um, the iPhone 11 is the lowest priced iPhone. That's the big deal. Of the main yeah. line that we've yeah. had in a while. So yeah. I think... They're, well, yes, they are upgrading from the 7. I think the fact that they can finally get it a little bit cheaper is really what, what's pushing such a huge jump in numbers from, uh, you know, like more than doubling the same amount from a year ago at this time. So yeah. I think that the low-cost iPhone really helps out. The analyst is uh, Timothy Arcuri, uh, and he's quoted by Philip Elmer DeWitt on his ped30.com uh, uh, site. Uh, he says several factors contribute to strong iPhone demand, including a better trade-in program from Apple. Oh, that's interesting. A more attractive price point for the base model, as you said, Laurie, and services bundled with the hardware. And given the largest mix of phones in the installed base in China, the iPhone 7 is three generations old. It's time, in other words, mm. time to buy a new uh, iPhone, even in China. Uh, last time we spoke, Apple had restored... The uh, app, hkmap.live, that showed police uh, presence in Hong Kong, they have now removed it again, and I think finally removed it. Tim Cook sent a memo to uh, uh, internally to um, Apple 
employees saying that the company had removed the app after receiving, quote, credible information from the authorities, i.e. the Hong Kong police, and people in Hong Kong that the app was being used maliciously to target individual officers for violence and to victimize individuals and property where no police are present. As a result, Cook said the app violated Apple rules and local laws, and so uh, we have to pull it down. Uh, John Gruber was a little critical of that memo. <laughs> Uh, as was Maciej Chiklowski. Maciej is the creator of Pinboard. His blog, idlewords.com, has in the last few months been recording uh, what's been going on in Hong Kong because he's on the ground. And uh, following the protests, uh, Maciej says the first application that the app was being used maliciously makes no sense at all. The app does not show the locations of individual officers at all. It so shows general concentrations of police units with a significant lag. The app is aggregating reports from Telegram, Facebook, and other sources. It beggars belief, Maché writes, that a campaign to target individual officers would use a world-readable crowdsourcing format like this. Uh, can Mr. Cook point to a single example of that? Can anyone? So he says it not only goes against the evidence, it goes against the documentary record of 18 weeks of protests and not even possible given the technical constraints of the app. He also says the second allegation that the app victimizes individuals and property where no police are present. He says, does Mr. Cook have any evidence for this claim? The app does not show an absence of police. It shows concentrations of police. So uh, Gruber concludes, I can't recall an Apple memo or statement that crumbles so quickly under scrutiny for a company that usually measures umpteen times before cutting anything. It's both sad and startling thoughts yep no i think i said something very yeah. similar you usually it see like steve jobs cut. thoughts on flash and you you think that you know so much time and effort went into this and apple's not been known for crisis pr they've been known for very methodical very thought out almost bulletproof pr where you can disagree with it but you can't just quickly say how it has no foundation or substance and this just came off as really fast and really fragile and very different than i think we've ever seen comms from apple before and remember, it wasn't public yeah, that, comms. It was intended for the Apple employees, but that doesn't but excuse those always him. come out. Those all. Yeah. No, I think that you know that those yeah, always they, come was, out. Yeah, it's it's a way of I issuing a that, press release about issuing a press release. And the what what, what really marked it as kind of gutless for me is that they didn't take a stand as we think it's, it's the right thing to do at this time, given the situation in Hong Kong. It was we have two re, we are we if our hands are tied. It violates local law, and we are—we always say that we have to uh, obey local law, and it violates app developer guidelines. And we always say that things have to—we uh, we have no opinion one way or another. It could be any country of anyone. It's like, oh, for heaven's sake, it's like just take a stand. Even if, even if it's a stand that you think you're going to get jumped on for, don't just say our hands are tied. It, it violates local laws. Again, debatable. It violates app guidelines. Well, again, look, uh, are you going to take down the Waze app because it, uh, it it shows people where police are staked out on highways so they can avoid speed tracks, straps and, and drunk checkpoints? Are you, it's it's again, it's just gutless. Lori, that that's exactly Andy. My the point I was going to make was just that the original when Apple originally pulled it, um, the developer said, you know, we're not giving where this is not an app to help you 
you know, avoid the police. This is not an app to help you find the police. This just shows some things. What you do with this information is is out of our hands. So Apple let it back into the App Store under those uh, under that that idea, and then pulled it again because they have. Um, you know, evidence that, you know, it's being used to hurt people. Well, you know, I have evidence that Tinder is used to rape people. So that doesn't mean anything, you know, that like just, just because somebody is using it inappropriately from its original intent doesn't mean that it should be um, removed from the app store because then under, under that circumstance, you'd have to pull a lot of things. Like you'd have to pull ways for, um, you know, showing where there's um, drunk DUI checkpoints like the, you know, it, it's the app itself is not committing an illegal act. It's what people are doing with it, which is out of the hand of the developer. And under their circumstances, Apple should have fought against the the, the Chinese government's opinion that it it it's illegal, which I don't think it is. Well, let's also reflect on the fact that uh, when they approved the app, the the Chinese Communist Party newspaper had this editorial uh, that was oh, I think I can't remember the headline off the top of my head, but it was along the lines of "Are are as Apple out of their minds?" And it and, and the the text of the editorial was like I can't believe they're they're aligning themselves with hooligans and criminals, <laughs> and uh, we have no we we should question their motives and we should and it, it's 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 an unbelievable stuff for them to take given that the, there will almost certainly be be consequences for Apple in the future based on this, and. I, I believe that this this uh, this editorial with appropriate translation landed on the desks of people in Cupertino, and that might have influenced their decision. It to was aimed. It was aimed yeah. at them. Yeah. Yeah, it was exactly. read this. This is what the Chinese government. This is what President Xi says. Now, what are you going to do? It is and, startling how EU regulation cannot cannot affect change as much as a single sigh in a Chinese government yeah. application. And yeah. you know, I don't want to relitigate it because we we spent a long time on Wednesday, last Wednesday on this week in Google, and again on Sunday on uh, Twit, talking about this. And I don't, you know, I want to I want to sit on the fence on this one. On the one hand, I feel like if you're an American company, you should stand up for freedom of speech, liberty, and and if you're in a country that is authoritarian and trying to sell products there, maybe you should think rethink your stance there. On the other hand, Apple has a responsibility to its shareholders, if not its stakeholders, to its shareholders to mm-hmm. make a lot of money. And there's no bigger market than the Chinese market, and they're making a lot of money there. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, they're not going to pull out of China, and that's really the choice is pull out of China or follow the laws in China. Uh, and I, yeah. so I'm, I don't, I don't, it's a tough place to be. Yeah. I'd like to well, see yeah. more spine from Apple, but it's not me. It's not my choice to make. It's their choice to make. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. And, but the, but the thing is, that's, uh, I keep saying this. I don't know where the line is that Apple is not willing to cross when it comes to China. I wish I, wish I could say that I knew that the, that there's a line which they would say, no, we will absolutely, we will absolutely not acquiesce to this. The, and the, the, the fact that, the, the the fact that uh, uh, even the idea of complying with local laws in the United States of America, how many horrendous injustices in the past hundred years have been committed that it was absolutely in line is uh, has actually been underscored and promoted by actual laws that helped these injustices to happen. At some point, they have to say it's not enough that the, that an app simply abides by our developer guidelines. It doesn't. It's not enough to say that it's legal. Uh, it, it does things that are legal. In 
in this country, at some point, Apple has to say either they have to say, here is lines we do not cross. Here's why we're making these decisions. Or they have to stop pretending that they are actually for justice, that they are actually for freedom, that they are actually for for privacy, because otherwise it, they have to really defend themselves against the argument that they are for these things when the optics are good and when it suits We're them. running it a little late. We'll get to... Sorry. Sorry, I'm, t- I'm talking to somebody in the studio, not <laughs> you. I'm just telling no, no, folks just, in the studio the that we're getting to security we're now in about, uh, about half an hour. We're running a little Okay. <laughs> and that's because we started Mac Break Weekly a little late because Leo start- <laughs> it goes on and on. And and the, on. It's all one my thing fault. Just worth pointing, one thing just worth pointing out is that Tim Cook gets into a lot of trouble because he believes in engagement. And I said last week, it's sometimes engagement becomes appeasement and you have to be very careful. But there's editorials slamming him for for working with the Trump administration. There are editorials slamming him for working with some of the governments that extract rare earth materials in Latin America and Africa. And he, he is very consistent in this. But to Andy's point, there has to be a line because there are things... And it's not an Apple question; it's a tech question because we see not all just sorts of stuff from all question. sorts of companies. It's a question yeah. for American companies in general. Yeah. American and, companies uh, broke my heart last week in in many many ways, and it's it's not gonna. And they've been doing it for for weeks. Like you, ha- there's always like there was a story with can you still use Emacs? Can you still use Android? Like wh- at what point do you have like do you have your own sense of ethics and your sense yeah. of product? Emacs is a great example. Richard Stallman. Android is too now. Richard like with Stallman all the wrote Andy it. Stuff. Andy Rubin I mean, created like, Android. It and and on and actually honestly, uh, we're increasingly surrounded by authoritarian countries. Are you just going to stop selling to People everybody? Are angry with Microsoft for having ice deals, but also for like being pro environment, but selling to a lot of anti environment. Yeah. And yet, you the only to, tool think- consumers have, the only tool even journalists like us have is either is not buying the products and and for us to call them out i don't think tim cook would and apple would be getting as much heat on this if they didn't constantly say how they stand yes. up for privacy freedom yeah. uh you know civil they, liberties they, the yeah civil liberties and environmental uh causes if Robert they, kennedy yeah <laughs> if they didn't say that over and over again i don't know i mean i nobody's yelling at ford motor company uh nobody's i mean it's just <sighs> i mean disney opened disney shanghai right right and like but it, it <laughs> right so I, I don't know what I think the answer though, is. It's, it's, there, this kind of opens up like a larger global discussion. I've mentioned this before. Um, really, there isn't, there isn't a lot that you can argue against um, adhering to regulations in a different country. You know, like, I think I had mentioned like that becomes ethnocentric when we start trying to impose our beliefs on them, though there, in some circumstances, I do think that we should try to impose our beliefs. But to me, the, the more frightening thing, the thing that's bigger and deserves more conversation is how right now using this example, the Chinese government is influencing how we censor our own people here in the United States by banning um, people from, you know, Twitch, firing them for being a part of the interview by finding NBA players for speaking out like the, these, this is censoring people in the U.S. because of influence from an outside country. That, to me, is much bigger than we're pulling an app from the Chinese app store. That's their own country. That's their own thing. It is big, but bigger is that we're allowing another country to censor us because of because of finance, yeah. because of money. And it's going to happen more and more and more and more, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and, that's, and That's very frightening to me. It, it wasn't as big a problem when China was content to suppress its own citizens, but to kind of play a, a, a more uh, open, more liberal global 
game uh, because uh, they they wanted to participate in the global economy. Well, but global now economy. you're seeing and China they're doing it in the open, which if they were doing it secretly, we wouldn't even know about it. But they're doing right. it in the open, which kind of strikes hand affects it at the same time. That's true. But well, it's it's worrisome when they do do it because we don't know all the times they're doing it without telling us. Good point. Well, it's just it, 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 I think there was a part of arrogance and. Apple and any other company that said, oh, look, we're going to invest in China because, look, they're becoming more Western and more open and more exact. And they were in the 80s until Tiananmen. Well, well, they thought it would become more that way by investing. Yes, exactly. Invite them into the global world but uh, economy. Yeah. Mm. Instead of instead of thinking that they're, they're uh, China is its own country, it's its own culture. It's Always not that they're not they're, yeah. they're not they're not trying to become more like us. They're trying to become more like them, which yep. is what every single independent republic republic tries to be. So I think there was a certain amount of arrogance in saying, well, of course they're going to become they're so the communism is going to go away. They're becoming they're going to become democracy. Well, we thought and that by the way, that's a thousand years of history. We thought that in Russia, we thought that the Soviet Union, uh, in fact, yep. we did with some success bring down the Soviet Union and liberalize. Russia until we didn't. So, Blue jeans and Beatles records. Yeah. yeah, there is a certain arrogance in, in the in the American way uh, of thinking. In fact, it goes back to Great Britain and what they used to call the white man's burden. Um, it's a it's a it is an arrogance that our way is the right way, and we'll just. And Russia uh, fought back with Facebook bots. Who saw it coming? <laughs> we're gonna we're living in a challenging world, uh, an increasingly yes. challenging world, and uh, it, it, well, it's well, going to well, be hard well, for. A, Companies. We have each other. Water in yeah, years we have each other. That's right. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, somebody in the chat room thought of a great conspiracy theory that perhaps by making by pulling the app, then putting the app back, they were sending a signal to Hong Kong citizens: download this app quickly. <laughs> and they gave them a few days, and then they pulled it finally. Yeah. I like that idea. I don't know if it's I would good. just They're accidentally enable sideloading in China. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Oops. Is an oh, we didn't mean to. Oh, sorry. I think Apple does do that. This. They do do that. I mean, in response to governments asking for information from the phone, they have been working as fast as their little hearts can to put more and more stuff under encryption. So they do do that. They do act kind of quickly before anybody notices. Let's make the whole thing encrypted. That's that's not going to matter if a country, and we're not just talking about China here. Simply no, England and Australia. That, yeah. that, that simply yeah. says that well, if if we, our law says that we that the government is entitled to all the data that's on a phone, if you if you want to just encrypt it and then let us decrypt it, that's yeah. fine. We don't care how you do it, but you better we, give we us the clear care. text. Yeah, exactly. that, that, that sounds like an Apple problem, not a not an our government problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and right now that's England and Australia asking for that. Uh, of course, following along on Russia, China, and other countries, and. I think it's only a matter of time. Well, already our government, the American government, has been demanding similar uh, fe- features, <laughs> uh, back doors. <laughs> Let's take a little break. Uh, there is a, a, a important update on Catalina. I think I want to talk about Catalina a little bit. There have been problems. Uh, but first, yeah. a word from our sponsor, FreshBooks, the number one accounting software in the cloud, one I used many years and was so happy when I discovered FreshBooks. FreshBooks takes... The stress out of accounting for you and your business with easy-to-use billing, expense organization, time tracking, all at your fingertips in the FreshBooks dashboard on the web or on the FreshBooks app. If you're self-employed or a small business and you're still back in the days where you had to fire up Word and Excel to do invoicing, stop it. (laughs) Stop the insanity. That's what I did. And this is back in 2004. When I found FreshBooks, they make beautiful invoices, makes it easy to send them. 
You can include billable hours and expenses automatically in invoices. Just snap a picture of a receipt. It goes into the invoice. Easy invoicing means you've got more time to grow your client's list, to serve your clients better, to share in their success, to do what you love, not the boring paperwork. And if you have a team, oh, FreshBooks is awesome. You can give them all the FreshBooks app, collaborate with your team on a single platform. You can utilize specific team members by assigning them the manager role in certain areas. That means your second-in-command can manage a project or two or all of them in billing. And other team members can be managed more effectively in one tool. You get back again to the work that only you can do. If you're always on the go, FreshBooks has you covered. Download their easy-to-use app today. You'll always have your business with you. Snap a picture of receipt, capture expenses in seconds, respond to clients wherever you are. Never miss an update. And because the mobile app and the desktop are always in sync, you can work on whichever device is convenient for you right now, and you'll never miss any important information. I love FreshBooks. You will, too. It's used and trusted by small business owners in 120 countries. But their customer service, that comes from Toronto, those nice FreshBooks folks, via phone, email, and live chat, so you'll always get response whenever you need it. Make it easier to run your business and more efficient with FreshBooks. Go to freshbooks.com slash MacBreak. Put MacBreak Weekly in the How Did You Hear About Us section. You'll get 30 days free so you can try it right now. Freshbooks.com slash MacBreak. Don't forget to put MacBreak Weekly in the uh, How Did You Hear About Us section. That way we, uh, we get a little pat on the back from those nice FreshBooks folks and you get 30 days free. Freshbooks.com slash MacBreak. Today. Right before we went on the air, Apple released a Mac OS X Catalina supplemental update with a lot of fixes um, that include improved installation reliability. A lot of people have been complaining about Catalina stalling. Sounds like uh, this Apple fix has to do with Mac with low disk space. Remember, the, under the hood, we talked about this last week, Catalina is dramatically changing your volume organization under APFS. And, of course, it probably needs a lot of free disk space to do that. So they've they've fixed that issue. Uh, it also says, Apple also says it fixes an issue that prevented setup a system from completing. So there you go. That was that stall uh, we were hearing about. Resolves an issue that prevents accepting iCloud terms and conditions when multiple accounts are logged in. I don't know if this is a bug that gets fixed, but every time I install Catalina on a machine, I have to log into iCloud. I counted it last night a dozen, dozen times. times. Eight dozen, Leo. What the hell? iOS 13 as well. So maybe this is fixed? You have that too? I thought maybe it's just me. I had it on. I had it a little bit on Catalina a lot on iOS 13. Crazy. So eventually yeah. I just copy, I co I copied the, I did the, uh, the thing. clipboard. I'm just pasting, pasting. And then I the worst thing is on the Mac, it's saying, okay, now log into the Mac. Okay, now give me the iCloud account. It's going yep. back and forth and it's and it's not predictable. So it's like I pasted it wrong and now I go, oh. oh. It felt like. So this it, has it, actually it, been it an issue for me. This has been an issue for me on, on Mojave. I, I didn't, I thought it was my computer. It was, it I didn't was, realize me was, too. It was yeah. bad on Mojave. It's really bad on Catalina. I counted yeah. it last night. It was more than a dozen times. I was going nuts. Yeah. You have... Uh, do we know It feels anything? like it... 
Yeah, it feels like there. So there is a state where it can be authorized to accept your security credentials, and it sort of plays passcode or computer uh, computer password against iCloud uh, password and accounts, and uses them to verify each other. You know, when you set up new devices, do you think it's it worse because like it we all have a lot both. of uh, Apple devices? No, I like- think I think the installation lost both, and now oh. it's trying to authorize one off the other, and it's going back and forth until it finally sneaks one in and then gets the other one. <laughs> it feel like that. I'm doing it as fast as I can. You know, yeah, pace, pace. and it's just like it's like dumb luck. The Gretzky algorithm. Shoot to where the puck is going, not where it is. Is that what you're saying? Find, the, find that upper right corner. <laughs> hit it. Hit it. We're here. We're, hit it where the goalie's loving. <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't know if this 10.15.1 fixes that, but it does say resolves an issue that prevents accepting iCloud terms and conditions when multiple iCloud accounts are logged in. I wonder if that's related. It also says it improves the reliability of saving Game Center data in Apple Arcade games when you're playing offline. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna want to apply this uh, this update. There's also thirteen point one point three for iOS. Yeah. Yeah. So it's another uh, another regular update. Let me just start that on my iPad. Ay, 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 <laughs> ay. Um, what's thirteen point one point three doing? A lot of bug fixes. We've got yeah. basically the same thing going on. There is, and I wonder, I bet you the Catalina update also fixes. There, uh, Linux uh, distros are updating like crazy today because there was a flaw in the pseudo algorithm that allowed anybody with the user minus one, and you can <laughs> kind of think of why this might have worked. It's a it's an overflow uh, error to log in as, uh, as a super user and, you know, RM star rm-rf star uh do whatever they wanted to so that pseudo is a big bad problem uh, the su do uh command on linux and since apple does also have sudo on um on its terminal in macintosh i wonder if they're also fixing that i would guess they are so because that's a pretty serious uh flaw so anyway we have no reason not to update right uh, I'm I'm advising people to, unless there's a feature you really really want need I don't think there's any reason not to wait at least a month month and a half two months hold off I on did, Catalina said, right definitely well, if you're already on them run run the bug fixes yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what about 13 is it I mean we're at 13.1.3 this is this yes. is the fourth update iOS 13 since the iPhone yeah. came out on the 20th. Uh, yeah. That's that's in three weeks. Four updates. Uh, is yeah. I is it done? I, I mean, if you know. haven't updated to 13 right now at this point, I I don't see why you shouldn't just wait till 13.2. It's, it's <laughs> you know like just it, just. I wait see a one longer. reason. If you have an iPad Pro, iPad OS really is uh, great. Yeah. 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 That, okay. So I iPad uh, I iPad OS 13.1. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're holding off, then then just because we're seeing so many bug fix updates, we you know, for people who don't need it, just wait until 13.2. Just by then, I bet most of these little glitches and bug fixes will be worked out. There might be new ones with 13.2, but um, <laughs> I think, you know, I think most of the pain points will be taken care of at that point. A lot of um, companies are warning their users, especially pro software users, not to go to Catalina. Adobe is saying that audio production do not. Uh, if there is a, a piece of software that you really have to have that really has to work, I would check 
with the company to see what they say about Catalina because there are known issues, yeah. not just the 32-bit issue. There's a number of known issues. You know, one thing I think, remember we were worried about notarizing? Yep, the yes. matching apps. Yes. Um, so this is a, I had somebody email me and I, and I he uses Final Cut, but he uses a lot of pro apps. And he has a particular app that he uses. The company said, yeah, we're working with Apple to get approval uh, to update our app because right now it won't work on Catalina. So this is the current, in Catalina, the new rule is if you are an Apple developer, if you have a certificate for your software, you must get it notarized. And if it is, if you have a certificate, if you're an Apple developer and it's not notarized, it will not be installable on Catalina. Is that right? That's what he told I me. I think so. I don't, I don't think the old certification exists anymore. You can't right-click and open anymore. Correct. That's yeah. The, what about the, now? There is uh, a terminal from unknown. Yeah, the opening from an unknown developer is no longer available at all. You can't go into your settings and change that to to like force the allowance. And there is a terminal command. Um, we did. We do have a how-to guide on Imer about that, but I know Renee doesn't want us to <laughs> tell people because it really is a bad idea. Because you're you're disabling Gatekeeper to be able to do it, so it's really not. No, a, I just think it's for experts. Like I, I don't think people yeah. should really nilly go do it, but I think if you are the kind of person right. who wants to run those apps, you know. Well, I'm going to tell everybody to do it because <laughs> I'll tell you why I had to. And uh, yeah. if you do the command, and by the way, read, because the nice thing is, and I, I by the way, sent uh, my card. The person was saying, "Oh my God, what do I do?" I sent him the link to this because you do talk about turning it on and off you talk about the consequences of it but one thing i noticed when you do issue the command it does all it does is add anywhere yeah. to exactly. your the old setting that was always mm -hmm. there uh exactly. you know allow apps downloaded from app store app store and FI developers and anywhere isn't it mm -hmm. the case that i can then say anywhere install that app and then go back to yep Oh, a safer yes. thing without disabling it. So it's really just adding that feature to disable it temporarily. Mm -hmm. So what you should do is go ahead, issue that command. Know that you'll now be completely open to anything from the Internet. Download and install whatever it was you wanted and immediately go back into security and privacy uh, and 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 turn gatekeeper back on right on yeah yeah that's the yeah. safest way to do that yeah okay. but you know that's the, that's one of those things like i don't i don't approve of apple um locking down our macs the way it locks down our iphones i think it's great on our phones but on the mac you you're we have there are hundreds and hundreds of fantastic developers that are not you know, they didn't go through the Apple channels. It's nothing personal. They just, they, they're also making for all these other operating systems. So, you know, why do they have to do that? So they don't. It doesn't mean that they're nefarious. It doesn't mean they're doing anything wrong. They're fantastic developers that make fantastic apps. And Apple trying to lock down our Macs like that is, I, I just don't think it's a good idea. We're, we're not... Mac users are not the same as iPhone users in that we know what we're getting into. You know, with phones, it's a little more confusing. Like, how did I accidentally download malware or something like that? But on your Mac, you're you're much more um, aware of, you know, what you're allowing these systems to do. I love a lot of the features that are now in place on Catalina warning me about, you know, some kind of software that's running in the background that I didn't know about, asking me if I want to allow this app to, to have Bluetooth when why in the world would that app need Bluetooth, things like that. But this sort of thing of... Um, 
like forcing developers to jump through these hoops just to be able to have these things available to download on on Catalina to me is a little bit it's a little too helicopter mom you know they're 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 yeah. getting into our <laughs> our point. business a little bit too much you know so i just to test this in catalina i have uh, i i have an app that i had written i compiled it ran it opened it no problem so the that's the good news is that if you're a developer you're writing your own apps you're, I didn't even have to right click it; it just opened. I'm not sure why it opened. It wasn't. I wasn't doing it in Xcode, um, but it did. So, but I do worry that Apple's that this is just the beginning of a continued squeeze. That the next and and yes, they give us this terminal command, and everybody should go to iMore and learn the terminal command because you might need this. But I'm worried that they, in the next version, they won't even allow that. Is are we? Do you think it's reasonable to say we're going to get to a point where Apple's going to say you can only install software on your Macintosh from a developer with a with, that is certified and notarized? Is that going to happen? Or even worse, you have to get it from the App Store like you do on an iPhone. Yeah, uh, I don't want that. I, I don't I love either. The App Store, that would be, but I don't want in it fact, to be constricted that way. It would kill Macintosh for a whole segment of people who are software developers. Because if I can't run a program I wrote on my Mac, I'm not going to use a Mac, period. Yeah, for, for me, it's just yeah. a case of ownership. Uh, if I spend a couple grand on a computer and I don't get to do whatever I want with it, no matter how silly or self-destructive it is, I don't really own it. I'm just leasing it from Apple at a very high price. Which well, is the argument people give for, for iPhone. But but again, I we, the way it's okay on a, on a phone, isn't it? Because of yeah, the, the, the nature of the threat model for well, phones for now, is very like different. Phones one day, I think, will be primary computing devices. We're going to have to have this whole discussion again. Um, and Apple at some point is going to have to, there will at some point be new operating systems. Like Microsoft is is beginning to feel around with that and Google with Fuchsia. And Apple is going to have to do that as well. And what's the operating system that's based in the cloud, runs off AI and has multiple endpoints <laughs> that you just manifest? Whenever, what's the security model on those? I don't know, but I, I would hope that iOS would become more like the Mac, not the other way around in that I would, I, and I understand all the risks, but just the ability to put in a Konami code and say, you know, I'm, I'm a grown ass adult and I'm, I want to play with my phone. That's uh, right. absolutely deal. necessary. At that point, I mean, the good news is Linux has come along. Linux is really good. Uh, I love Linux. I will not use Windows when I get a Windows machine. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much put Linux, Linux. Windows has gotten worse and worse and worse. By the way, if you think if you think it's bad on the Apple side, Windows is far <laughs> worse. But and then I, there is a company called Purism that makes a phone now, the Librem Five, that is uh, also free and open software. Uh, it even has an interchangeable battery. So I've ordered one of these because I think we should talk about it uh, on the shows. I mean, it is obviously near not nearly as elegant as an iPhone. Uh, but if we get to the position where, you know, these things become locked down rentals from big companies, um, I, we're going to be very glad no, that there's an open source movement to do this. I don't want to make this analogy, but I'm going to make it anyway. I, I, the Sort of the way that I position it is that for a bunch of people, a feature phone was fine. They bought and got their flip phone. They got their candy bar phone. Nobody knew or cared what it ran. And I think for those people, which is not an insignificant part of the market – Having a lockdown operating system like iOS is fine. Like they don't want to do any work. They just want the phone. They want to press Facebook, do whatever they want. 
it's fine. I just think it's good to have alternatives. And if you want like Android to play around with it for whatever, great. It's great that we have alternatives from different companies. Um, and the Mac, I'm going to echo saying it's, it's different in kind. Uh, yeah. and it has to remain different in kind. Otherwise, there's no point to its existence. I completely understand why they're doing it. I mean, it, 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 for the normal person, it's just making it safer. Yes. And those normal people, they're happy downloading from the App Store. They're happy locked down. Uh, malware, you know, ransomware in particular, and Steve's about to do our regular weekly ransomware report, uh, <laughs> is, is, is a nightmare. And, uh, and it, uh, so, you know, I'm terrified. I went into our staff meeting last week and I said, what are we doing to, because to, I don't want to, you know, it was bad enough we had a power outage last week. I don't want to see mm. yeah. my company brought to its knees by ransomware. Fortunately, we have a very good IT a uh, guy named Russell, and uh, he is keeping us safe and secure so far. But I really worry. Every business should worry. And so you're going to see pressure to make much more locked down systems. And there are going to be plenty of people say, Just lock me, me down. Just give me a Konami code. Just give me a Konami code. That's right. I agree with right. you. Something right. secret, something on iMore.com that we can use. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Happy with uh, Go to the terminal and literally type in up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, and then press <laughs> enter. I'm happy and with you're that. good. I'm happy. With that. love, That's fine. I love how I love how an Android you can turn on developer mode by go doing a doing a get info and tapping like the system information like a ridiculous number of times. That's their Konami not, code, isn't it? You're yeah, not, you're not awesome. going to do yeah. it by by random chance. You did it because you looked and found it. And then if you okay, any idiot who's willing to tap this thing, damn thing, eighteen <laughs> times in a row. It's funny because you type it like six times and it says you're getting there. <laughs> it actually says just a few more times. It's really we cute. don't believe you yet. Twitter is now a catalyst app on the Macintosh. It came out today. Um, I don't particularly celebrate this, but if you're curious, if you want to use catalyst, if you're catalyst curious. Uh, curious. <laughs> so I actually, I thought this was a big deal to have the Twitter app on Mac again, because I'm, I am not a crazy Twitter user. I'm one of those bottom of the barrel basic vanilla users i barely use it for anything then so i was excited luck. to kind of i was yeah I was, I was excited to go back to the to the bare bones that the twitter app is i downloaded it and installed it it's exactly the same as the twitter app used to be for mac before they pulled it from the from from the mac and it 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 was like it's like broken it won't do anything like all of the status <laughs> Yeah, so like I I try to click on, you know, a, a Twitter, something shows up on my feed and I click on it to read the threads and it says, there's nothing here to see. I click on, you know, somebody sends me a, a direct message in my little inbox and I click on the Twitter link to, to see the original tweet. There's nothing here to see. So I don't know. It's like really broken right now. It doesn't seem to be working, right? At least not on my computer. I haven't actually tried to, you know, deleting it and reinstalling. I haven't done the troubleshooting thing, but um so I don't know. Like it, it, it wasn't that great to me. We didn't talk about it, but last week Mark Gurman uh, wrote an article for Bloomberg saying Apple's merged iPad Mac apps leave developers uneasy, users paying twice. Apparently, it is not as easy for a developer to, as Apple said, just flip a switch and suddenly your iOS app is on Macintosh. And he points out that really users shouldn't have to think about it. It should just happen and. 
it's not. I mean, it's a little more nuanced than that because some developers don't like some developers. Their livelihood depends on you paying for the software they write. And for years, they've been sort of grouchy that Apple wants you to give away the iPad app for free when you get the iPhone app. Definitely great for users, not always great for developers. And Apple doesn't. There's universal binaries for iPhone and iPad. There's universal bundles that include. Um, the Apple TV app, Watch app is, is still bundled in with the iOS app. There's no universal bundles yet for Mac apps, though apparently that's coming probably next year, where you will be able to use the same receipt to just unlock it everywhere. And developers are jittery about that because, again, you know, it, it's work to make the Mac version, but the expectation will be it's free. And then someone will say, well, just do subscription. And they'll be like, my customers have 100 subscriptions, dude. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. So I think it's it's way it's a way deeper discussion than that article really dives into. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do not like the idea of let's go back to, you know, your app should be free on all devices that we made that mistake when, when the app store first came out and, and we uh, users all expected 99 cent apps, even though right. developers were spending their blood, sweat and tears to make this amazing product for them. And by saying this, this app, that's basically an iPad app should be free on Mac. It's that's dangerous because it's not, it's not easy to make it, you know, just like the, the, the Bloomberg report says it's, it's difficult to use, to just transfer it to catalyst. You don't just click a button and suddenly it's there. So, you know, on the one hand to say these should all be free. And then on the other hand to say, you know, um, it's difficult for developers to do. You, you're you're proving the point that it should be something that is paid that you have to purchase when you when you buy it on the Mac, as differently from when you buy it on iPad. I, you know, I I I'm all for this. I do not want to see because I mean we we say this all the time. If you're getting it for free, it means they're they're using something. They're they're getting their money somewhere, and usually that means with our data. So let's not make that mistake here. Let's not you know, create an environment where people expect apps to be free or cheap on the Mac store because the exchange for that is that they're going to start collecting data from our computers. Do we do we want that even worse than we already have? I don't think so. I think we should pay for those apps and be happy to support these developers so that they can continue doing what they do so good. You guys excited? November 1st, Apple TV Plus uh, appears. It is now available on the Roku. <laughs> My God. God, I mean, it's like iTunes it's, on Windows all over again. What the? Yeah. That's a that's a <laughs> stunner. And apparently, you'll be able to play i the movies and TV shows that you bought on iTunes on a Roku using the mm -hmm. Apple TV Plus app. It's going to be. Is it? Have yep. you played Samsung it? televisions? Vizio. Te I used the Samsung and Vizio television apps. The Samsung app is built in, so basically, it just looks like the TV app. You go on the TV set. The TV app pops up. You tell it what you want to watch, and you start watching it. Um, the Vizio ones are all AirPlay right now. I think Samsung has an exclusive oh. on the built-in app, but it works the same. You go to the TV app on your phone. You press a button. You have the interface on your phone, and it takes over the screen. And then essentially at that point, it works like the TV app, and you just press a few buttons, and it starts to play. Yeah. Is it going to be the way like the way it is on the Mac though, where you you can't you have to subscribe inside the app if you want to. You want to watch Netflix or, or, or something like that? Because right now I can't even use the Apple TV app on my Mac except for to watch the movies that I've purchased from iTunes because it's asking me to try like try out like a trial subscription even for um, services huh. that are already subscribed to. And I don't want to get – So they don't have different apps. So 
this is where this whole thing breaks down. It's like you can subscribe to Apple Music or Spotify and get like all music, but there's everything in video is still a fiefdom. So all app, all the Apple TV app really does is Apple content. They cheat on the Apple TV and the TV apps on iOS by in two ways. One with channels, which lets you subscribe to other services inside Apple TV, but those services don't let you use it in their apps then. You have to subscribe separately if you want to use yeah. in their apps and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And Netflix won't play with them at all. So like, there's just no way to get mm-hmm. Netflix content inside that. Um, but on the other platforms like the Mac, there is no CBS All Access. There is no apps for those things. When there, it, when there is, I imagine it'll be similar. It'll just show up in the TV app if they decide to play nicely with it and have that back and forth conduit. And then they're still going to make you subscribe to everything everywhere um, because they hate us. So, yeah. So my question is, is that how it is on Roku right now? Which I know I, I don't it's, actually they have, have their own apps. House, so they have separate apps for those. So it will, uh, they it have will a separate kind of Netflix app. That. Yeah. Although yeah. I, won't, they okay. won't they won't play nicely with TV with the TV app at all, though. There'll be separate apps. You have to exit the TV app, go to Netflix, exit the TV app, oh. go to CBS All Access, okay. exit the TV. app. So there's still reason to get an Apple TV if you want a unified experience, it sounds like. Yeah. 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 And all the Apple Arcade and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Arcade won't go. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Apple is continuing to ramp up its efforts for Apple TV Plus. Um, November 1st, a bunch of shows will launch. They've signed a deal now with Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg to do the third part of their Band of Brothers trilogy. You remember they did Band of Brothers, won a bunch of Emmys. Then they did The Pacific, won a bunch of Emmys. The third part follows the 8th Air Force, and uh, Apple has apparently snagged this away from HBO. Masters of the Air will be on Apple TV+. Plus. starting to look a little bit more appealing. I thought Band of Brothers was one of the best TV shows ever made. Um, so this will be interesting. And Stephen King's favorite book, Lisey's Story, will be an eight-episode miniseries Stephen King will write all eight episodes. He'll executive produce, uh, and it will star Clive Owen and Julianne Moore. I didn't have. Has anybody read Lissy's story? I don't even know that one. Not, I have not. No, it's not one of his most famous. Uh, he said, uh, "Lissy's story is my favorite of the books, and I would love to see that done, especially now that there's a kind of openness on the streaming services on TV, and even the cable networks. There's more freedom to do stuff now." And when you do a movie from a book, there's this thing I call the sitting on the suitcase syndrome. That's where you try to pack in all the clothes at once and the suitcase won't close. You know, it's hard to make a two-hour movie out of uh, it or whatever. But uh, he's, uh, he says, uh, as a TV show, you've got 10 hours. You can really uh, stretch out and get the whole book in there. That's pretty exciting. Uh, so... You probably, we all have free, I would guess everybody watching has a free year of Apple TV. Plus, if you buy any Apple device, you're pretty much going to mm-hmm. get it. What's the cheapest thing you could buy? I guess it'd be an Apple TV. Yep. And then you could uh, get or an it. iPod Touch. I forget which one's actually cheaper. Or you probably could, the Apple TV still. Hey, you could, I mean, don't be so cheap. It's only five bucks a month. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's the cheapest way to get Apple TV. Just pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Um. All right. I think that. Well, can we talk about if we're going to talk about Apple TV Plus? Can we talk about Disney Plus and how they just blasted <laughs> the Twitter with three hundred movies and TV shows that they're going to add? <laughs> oh, wait a minute! Now was, I'm excited. Yeah, insane. tell me. I have no reason at all to get Disney Plus except. Except we were talking about it on iOS today, the new Jeff Goldblum show. Oh, I know. I that know. That might so that good. might do the it for me. Jeff Goldblum is the Mandalorian. 
No, it's like great. Jeff Gold. <laughs> it's Je- Jeff Goldblum traveling the world. It's Je- Jeff Goldblum's world, I think, is yeah. what it's called. I think that. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, it looks pretty funny. But yeah, it's, uh, yesterday morning they just started blasting out on Twitter, literally every show, TV show, or movie that they're going to show or have um, at launch. I think it was at launch. It might have just been in general, but I think it was at launch. And it they they started from. Um, oh, yeah. On Look Twitter, they started from their most recent stuff and went all the way back to like 1934. Lady you know, and the originally. Tramp, live action. Mm-hmm. Of course, Star Wars, all the Star Wars. And oh, man, they do have a lot of content, don't they? Marvel, yeah. Star Wars, Pixar. I love, I, I grew up watching Disney live action as well as movies. And I love like the computer wore tennis shoes and, um, you oh, know, yeah. Dobie yeah. Gillis and the oh, little yeah. people. And like, th- to Escape me, those are like Witch these Mountain. charming. Escape from Witch Mountain. And broomsticks. Yes. So here's, here's uh, a video of basically everything coming to Disney Plus in the USA. You've got your Three snow. hours and 17 minutes long. <laughs> oh, it is <laughs> rather I, long, isn't it? I I put it on yesterday. Did you and just watch had it? it on the background the entire time? Oh, that's hysterical! <laughs> yeah, and they just announced that Kevin Feige not only is going to be doing one of the Star Wars movies, but he's taking over as head of all of um, Marvel's entertainment products, which I think is good news. Here's the uh, here's this here's the supercut of all three hours in one second and a half. So if oh, that's nice. <laughs> it's a little faster. Save you a little time. It does. <laughs> it, does. Yeah. it has to. It has to. Wow. The poor intern had to put that together. I, you know, I'm, I have no children at home. I see no reason to uh, to get Disney Plus, except now maybe I do. I have no children at home. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here's the Jeff. You want to see the Jeff Goldblum? Let me turn on so my sound. He's so weird, but that's why we love him. Oh, uh, that's it. I'm just. Uh, I'm just sorry that he's been Christopher Walken, where he's gone from this really <laughs> cool, interesting like, yeah. actor to now he's basically hired to be Jeff Goldblum and just basically hired to be be weird. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's, he's great and he's great. He's actually like him. It's just, a little to the left of Christopher Walken. He's really kind of becoming the Gary Busey of <laughs> a little a little too far down the weird road. All right, let's take a little break. When we come back, your your picks of the week. So cue them up while I tell everybody about the Epson EcoTank printers. If you print, you'd be crazy to use anything else. Kiss expensive ink cartridges goodbye. Epson's EcoTank wireless color all-in-one super tank printers come with a ridiculous amount of ink, enough to print thousands of pages, up to two years of ink in the box. And then when you get to the store... In, uh, what is that, 2021 to buy another set of ink. And these are great bottles. They're keyed, so you can't put them in wrong. They never spill. It's very simple. Look at Shaq and do it. Uh, when you go back to the store to get more ink, you'll get another two years of ink with your replacement bottles. So you can say, all right, thanks very much. I'll see you in 2023. With supersized, easy-to-fill tanks, EcoTank printers mean fewer trips to the store, less frustration to you. And by the way, these are great printers. Really good I use them to scan. I use them to fax. I use them to copy. Uh, of course, I use them to print. The color is beautiful. Epson wants your printing experience to be stress-free and easy. That's why they made these eco tanks. They changed the world of printing. And I think they deserve so much credit for doing this. 
I'm sure it was a little scary at the time. But man, the reception has been phenomenal. Get the compact EcoTank printer for your home or office so you can do like Shaq does and just fill and chill. Check out the Epson EcoTank printers at Best Buy, at Staples, or online at epson.com slash ecotankleo. Epson, E-P-S-O-N dot com slash ecotankleo. Transform the way your home or office prints and do away with out-of-ink frustration for the best combination of ease and value, turn to the Epson EcoTank printers. E-P-S-O-N, Epson.com, slash EcoTank Leo. EcoTank printers. Just fill and chill. Epson, exceed your vision. Lori Gill has come back to her seat because she has run off to pick up her pick <laughs> of the week and her Nintendo Switch. Yes, so um, when... Nintendo first announced the Ring Fit Adventure. I didn't really think much of it. If you know me, you know that I hate to exercise. Yes. And yes. even things like I'm with exercising you. I'm with you, with girlfriend. Game, I hate it. Even, even exercising with a game. It's like it's yeah. still exercise. I still hate it. I still don't want to do it. Yeah. I ended up watching the video that they put out on YouTube on how to use it and just thought, you know, this is actually a little more interesting than I first thought. I, I want it. So I went ahead and ordered it. So it's it's the Nintendo Switch version of Wii Fit. It's it's a do, it's a new adventure doing new things using a new um, controller to exercise. You you hold this ring and you attach your um, Joy-Cons to it and you can either run in place or you can do stretches or you can pretend like you're shooting a um you know, like an arrow and it, you you actually have these interactive games that you do. It's not just you know, you exercising and earning points for exercising, you're playing a story-based adventure and like fighting monsters and things like that. This all actually while. looks really cool. So, you know, I, I'm not going to say that it's going to get me fit because I really do hate to exercise, but I went ahead and bought it just in case. What if it's revolution? What if I suddenly got all these games and, you know, you're going to like, wow, you look so buff. And I'll be like, oh, it's my ring fit adventure. So we'll see. It comes out on the 18th. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just ordered it. Thank you. <laughs> it's not cheap. It's seventy nine bucks, eighty bucks. But you get that the ring, so the I, controller and and the game that comes along with the software that comes along yeah. with it. So it's about average for the for their fitness version of of games on on their their system. So it's it's a good price. Nice. It's reasonable for what it is. Nice. <laughs> I ordered it because I I would use this and. And Michael, our son, who's 16, he really is trying to work out more. He loves his Switch. He plays with the Switch all the time. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll just leave it lying around and maybe he'll pick it up. He won't even know it's exercise. If you start exercising, Leo, you and I can um, compete with each other for, for our stats. And Oh, it and, shares uh, that? Uh, only like your, your stats. Like you don't actually play the game with each other, but you can kind of compete for your high scores basically nice. by sharing your stats with your friends. So. I find that uh, very motivating. Uh, Megan keeps sending me that she just on her Apple watch that she just finished a workout. It's like, (laughs) 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 then I look and see and see that it was a three minute workout. So (laughs) uh, she she does a lot of very short workouts. So I don't feel so bad. Uh, Andy and your pick of the week. Uh, My pick of the week is kind of an interesting one. It's an app called notion that a lot of people have heard of, but a lot of people haven't. Uh, It's a, um, it's a com- the best way to, to describe it is that imagine you combined a markdown text editor and a wiki 
and a database ah. in a way that would allow you to basically create a custom workspace for any project or anything that you've got going, ah. whether it's you working on something alone or you've got something that you've got a whole team of people working on. Uh, and I can't be more specific than that, but, but because it really is something that you use to create your own solutions. Uh, so, uh, for instance, uh, I've got the, the sort of uh, the sort of thing that it's really good at solving it. Like uh, when I create my stuff for uh, for the radio show. It starts off as a list of links and stories that I've been collecting over the past week or two. And uh, then uh, I do that wonder list. And then I use another app to uh, create like a briefing paper for the host of the show. And then I use Google Docs to create just uh, some cheat sheets for me to when I'm actually doing it. And I've always wanted to turn this stuff into like blog posts individually. And so we're talking about four or five apps normally, but a notion I could create one entire one workspace that integrates all that stuff together where I, when I'm grabbing URLs, they automatically go into notion and each one becomes its own separate page. And then I could set, uh, I could uh, create a database of these things that automatically reflect themselves into other pages that I've created for status. And then I could create a home page for, uh, and I'm, I'm talking about more in the in the in the, uh, in the case of a desktop rather than like a web homepage, uh, to uh, when I every time I, I go into the office in the morning, here is my the status of these projects and my work. Even if you look at some of the sample projects that have been done in Notion, we're talking about super super complex things like people who are running podcasts with videos that they've got uh, teams of editors and teams of people who are doing b-roll and teams of uh, of, of, kind of camera people but in all these individual documents and all these databases of things that have to be tracked projects that have to be done one step at a time sponsors that have to be lined up ad reads for all of these sponsors rather than having these in eight nine ten different apps they've created this one thing in notion that allows everybody all across the world uh, on the team to collaborate on this one thing to find out where they're going and what they need to do uh it's it, the the upside of it is that once again you create a really complicated uh, solution for a uh, to simplify something that is repetitive and usually flows across immense piles of different apps and different uh, different range of, ranges of people the bad thing is that it's not the sort of thing where uh, it's super, super easy to get started with. You really have to have an idea of what problem you want to solve uh, before you uh, really start sitting down. If you just uh, create a free account, I mean, you can write in Markdown and link between pages uh, and be saving bookmarks and stuff like that. But that's not really uh, anywhere near the power of what you can do with it. Uh, so I've been I've been playing with it. The, the again, the good news is that every, the more I work with it, the more I sense that if I keep with it in months, I can create a super sophisticated tool that turns everything that is repetitive and everything that is really not very well uh, workflowed into a single, uh, like an arrow being shot from a from a bow. Here is how this the, this radio show gets done every single week. The bad news is that. Uh, I have I tried to do the first show with it a couple of weeks ago and it really let me down. It's just there's so many little details of this app that don't work work really well. Like uh, I thought that well, I, all I'm going to do with this is that I'm going to write my uh, my briefing papers in this because it's, it's a markdown. That's great, and it let me like sort of get used to how this thing works. And then great, okay, I got I got a half hour to just email this to the producer before I catch my train. That should take what a minute, and it's like no. Okay, well, can I do a select all? No, because select all is only going to select one paragraph. Okay, uh, so I'll do an export as HTML. Well, it's, now it's giving me a zip file. 
<laughs> that when I when I expand the zip file, I see nothing that is an HTML file inside there. And there was a lot of uh, what I call Steve Jobsing going on at my side of the keyboard, as in this is a piece of crap. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself for writing this. Uh, and then and it took me a while and before my train to, to figure out exactly how to do what I needed to make it to do. So don't think that it's this. It's like a uh, don't think it's like BB Edit or don't think it's like a simple Markdown editor where you can immediately get in and start doing things with it. You do have to sort of learn. But fortunately, there's a pile. There are piles and piles of YouTube videos about it. The least useful ones are just people who want to brag about how nice their own work, their own Notion like workspaces are, instead of like actually telling you how they did it and, get, and giving you like basic instructions. But there are lots of actually helpful uh, instructions. So I would say that anybody who has to do uh, repetitive stuff that involves integrating and creating stuff in multiple apps uh this is a good solution this could be a good solution for you and if you've got teams of people that are working together no, no matter where they're located that they you wanted them to be able to sort of uh, collaborate in this workspace as though it were a wiki or as though it were an actual web page that's another th reason for you to take a look at this and think that maybe the reason why you're wasting a lot a lot of your a lot of your time and energy that's being spent managing the project could be spent just simply creating this workspace refining it and then it just runs on itself do you think so i can um, get a good sense of what it can do with the free version yeah it's okay. it's, it's uh, in the free version it lets you do i think that a, a thousand elements uh, I think there are a couple of, of top tier stuff that uh, you can't do like enterprise level stuff with it uh, at, at, at higher levels. That would be the sort of stuff where you've got uh, where you've got like permanent employees. But then you also got contract employees coming in and coming out and adding to this project and doing certain work and contributing certain things. Uh, that's uh, but uh, the free tier is is fine and perfect for uh, figuring out what it can do and maybe even building really, really useful solutions to it. Um, the, oh, the only the only the other bad thing about it or excuse me, sorry, the other solution that I haven't been able to figure out yet is that it really wants an internet connection. That if you go in, if you go in offline mode, it will kind of work, but I can, can't figure out what I'm going to have access to and what I'm not going to have access to uh, uh, because your data is hosted on uh, Notion servers, which is powerful because it means that Again, it's sort of like you've got a central repository, like a sort of a private Google Docs uh, that other people can contribute to. The bad thing is that if I'm on a if I'm on a commuter train on my way to do this radio show and I don't have Wi-Fi and I've already used up all my all my mobile broadband on my phone and I just realize that oh okay so I can't really get at the stuff that I need to get at this is going to be fun so I'm 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 trying to give you a realistic idea of the walls you might find yourself butting your head against so if you're not surprised by it maybe you'll stick with it because if you just if if you all you do is you uh, you you sign up for an account and then spend a lot of time just looking at uh, magic show videos of people showing what they're doing with notion it might give you some inspiration that wow this could be a solution to a lot of problems that i have i don't have to try it i have been using something similar called joplin which does synchronize so yep. it works offline uh but it, but i love wiki i think wiki if i you know i've looked at tiddly wiki there are lots of ways to do that but uh, this looks really really cool and there is a free tier yep. uh I have I put our um, notes for our vacation in Joplin to share with my wife so she can know what we're doing any given day and what reservations we have and all of that stuff. But this looks like it'd be really perfect for that too for a travel travel log <laughs> journal planning ahead. <laughs> Notion, really interesting, and it's a cross platform, which is important yep, for me. Cross platform. They're they're also mobile apps, uh, and you can actually and you can use it just simply through a web browser. So yeah. no matter what people have, they'll be able to use it. Even works on Windows. Notion.so. <laughs> if 
if you want to know more. Renee Ritchie, pick of the week. So it just to quickly second Andy's pick there, I saw a bunch of productivity YouTubers mention it, like Thomas Frank, and I started looking at it, and it looks really snazzy, especially for all sorts of different workflows. Yeah, I've signed up for um, the free uh, tier just to, just to play with it, and uh, and uh, yeah, this looks really good. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, so I'm. this is part of my dastardly attempt to get Leo back into the Pokemon Go fold. Don't um, know. I'm highlighting, <laughs> I'm highlighting the fall events. So they've had their ups and downs. Um, they had, you know, they, they've, they've had some curious bugs and issues, but they seem to be fixing them. Uh, so what they're doing is really interesting and really cute. So first, over Halloween, you'll be able to get the starter Pokemon in these delightful little costumes, oh, like Pikachu in a Mimikyu cute. suit and Charmander <laughs> in a Cubone oh. suit, you know, just... Very cute, uh, very, very, and you can get the shiny forms of them too. They're also going to have Darkrai, who's a very, like the best dark type in the game, is going to be in uh, five star raids uh, for the holidays, for the, for, sorry, for Thanksgiving, double candy for catching, for hatching, for transferring, for transferring. A lot of stuff going on there. They're also having their first virtual event, which is interesting because up until now, They've had GoFest in Chicago and Safari Zone in Montreal and different events in different parts of the world. But you had to get a ticket and go there in order to take part in it. Now they're having an event that's virtual. It's still you have to get a ticket. I think tickets cost seven bucks or eight bucks U.S. But when you get it, it's the same day for everybody in the world. Um, you start off and it's 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 a colossal adventure. And at the end, you get Reggie Gigas, who's this giant Reggie Pokemon <laughs> character uh, but you have a series of little adventure tasks to do before you get them and you also get 10 free raid passes so they try to give you some value for your money but just there's so many people who do travel for these things but even more people who can't travel for them so i think it's really cool to see that they're doing you know it's, it's a virtual company the whole point of it is to be virtual and i <laughs> i get that getting everyone together in the real world is hugely appealing but there's just so many more people who can take part in the virtual uh, world so i was really happy and you don't have to buy if you don't if you don't pay for it. You'll have a chance to get him through the X-rays. He's going to be the new X-ray boss for the next year going forward. So you don't the, the paying for it now just means you get it first, but also you get the little adventure along the way. Lisa would be very happy if I went back to Pokemon Go, especially <laughs> considering we're about to travel all over the place. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe I will. It's doing better than Harry Potter is, Leo. It's sad to I say. I stopped but playing Wizards Unite. Yeah, yeah, I was very disappointed. How about you, Lori? Are you still playing uh, Wizards Unite? Or? No, I stopped. <laughs> it wasn't that interesting. It just repetitive. No. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed it, but they, they were doing events that were happening so fast. Yeah. And I think I've mentioned before, I'm a bit of a completionist. And the first two times that I couldn't complete these Aww. events, I, I just thought, I can't because I, can't, I can't keep up with this. And if I can't get everything, then I, I have this like sort of, I'm taking my ball and going home. I don't want to play anymore. So <laughs> oh, so you went off and took off in a, in a huff. In a huff, In yeah. a huff. A minute too and many a half. events, too fast. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm firing up Pokemon Go again, I guess, for vacation. Uh, you did oh, it, Renee. You got him. <laughs> you did it. Yay. Well, Lisa still plays. And, yes. uh, and she's always mad at me because I don't raid with her. So I guess for vacation, <laughs> yeah. I should play, right? Yeah. That's yeah. your gift to her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll, no, I promise. No Simpsons tapped out. And actually, in our twit, our new Twit forums, twit.community, uh, somebody said, I, I don't know, you haven't played Clash of Clans in years. Remember, John, we were like crazy over Clash of Clans. The Twit, the twit Army clan is still around, and he's running it. He, he says, anytime, 
Anytime. We're here. Oh, man. No, no, no. I won't. I can't. I not. <laughs> Thank you, Renee. Thank you uh, for doing such a great job at Vector. Go to imore.com slash Vector. Renee covers the all. The, you know what? It's gotten to the point now where if it's not on iMore, I don't trust it. So thank you for the great job you're doing. Uh, at Renee That's Ritchie on the Twitter and uh, iMore.com slash Vector for the Vector podcast. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Lori Gill, also from iMore. She's managing editor over there, Appleholic on the Twitter. And catch her and her band Sickburn at a, <laughs> at a venue near you. When's the world tour? Oh, we're, we actually are going to Japan in, see, uh, in see. at the end of November. <laughs> yeah. Sick burn. Are you going to, what is that, what is that Japanese venue Kiss played? What do they call that? The, uh, oh, um, the Budokan. Are you going to go sick burn at the Budokan? The Budokan. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. That's amazing. Sick burn live at the Budokan. All right. I'm counting on that, Lori. Andy Anako. He is with Boston Public Radio. He has a Pixel 4, and he's not afraid to use it. Go out to the Boston Commons there and look for him and the squirrels. When will you be on WGBH this week? Uh, unfortunately, this week is Pledge Week, so they don't so they bump my segment, but I'm going to be on uh, next Friday. Uh, also, the Boston Public Library, probably at around noon. I still, I but you're 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 touching on a sore spot. Uh, twice I've I've tried to go out and treat, take my my squirrel demo pictures with the iPhone 11. Twice I've been thwarted. Uh, so I've got to really make sure I set a whole day aside to make sure that I I, I test the rigors of the iPhone 11 and now the Pixel 4 as well. Thwarted by well. whom? The Boston Police Department. The squirrels. I, I, I feel as though I have an obligation and a duty to make to make sure that for people who are taking pictures of not just squirrels but any small jittery mammals that will not listen to you when you say, "Will you just stop and let me take you a nice picture of you for Grandma?" Okay, yes, I, I don't. I shouldn't be you know, sending pictures of squirrels to my mother's mother, but still, but still, uh, she likes those squirrel pictures. By the way, Lisa, who took a walk in the Commons because uh, she was in Boston, we were all in Boston for last pa last pass event a couple of weeks ago, said, "I couldn't believe how many squirrels." <laughs> yeah, they're very, very few natural predators, and lots of people feeding them high fat, high fat foods. They, they, they mostly die of strokes and heart disease rather than predators. <laughs> thank you, Andy. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Lori. Thank you all for joining us. We do Mac Break Weekly Tuesdays right after iOS today. It's kind of a an Apple Fest here at the uh, Twit Studios. You're supposed to be at 11 a.m. Pacific. It's usually about noon. Uh, that would be 3 p.m. Eastern time. You know, it would be about, uh, what is that, uh, uh, one, oh, oh, 0100, uh, something like that. I don't know. You figure it out, UTC. It's all going to change in a month anyway. I don't want to do the math. It's too hard. I will not be here for the next few weeks. I'm going on vacation. But uh, don't worry, Mac Break Weekly will always be here. Uh, you can tune in live at twit.tv slash live. If you do that, join us in the chat room at irc.twit.tv. And, of course, all the shows, audio and video, stored at twit.tv slash mbw. If you subscribe, you don't have to worry about any of that. It just appears magically on your device the minute it's available. Uh, so go to your favorite podcast application and uh, subscribe. If you are listening offline, by the way, the Twit community is a great place to go to continue the conversation. We put all the shows up there, and you can you can talk about it. Introduce yourself if you join us. Twit dot community in the web. Uh, it's uh, if you're on iOS, Discourse Hub also will work, but you have to enter www dot twit dot community in there. 
Thank you all for being here. Now it's time to go back to work because break time is over.